What's up, everybody? My name is Dave Jackson, and this is Tales from the Backlog, a video games podcast where I bring in guests to talk about the games we play. I am joined today by two real-life Japanese high school students. First of all, Aaron Engel. <laughs> hey, what's up? I've just been in Japanese high school since the last time you heard from me. Yeah, man. it's It's been a while since you've been on the show, and I have to assume that Japanese high school is keeping you pretty busy. It is. Uh, compared to American high school, it's night and day. Like, I have to do homework all the time. It's terrible. Yeah, that sounds pretty shitty. And not at all what your experience was like in American high school. And... I didn't even know what homework was until, like, my third year of college. <laughs> uh, also joined, making uh, his triumphant return to the podcast for the first time since episode one, uh, Japanese high school school counselor, Ryan Arrington. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm kidding. Niggas. that hello was great today's game that we're talking about is persona 5 and its expansion persona 5 royal which are well they're the same game it's a turn-based life sim jrpg developed and published by atlas worldwide in 2017 with that expanded royal edition releasing worldwide in 2020 elevator pitch for persona 5 is the most stylish JRPG ever made and one of the most stylish games that I've ever played. What do you guys think about that? Nah, dude, I, I 100% think that it is the uh, most stylish uh, JRPG ever. Um, what I wanted to talk about is like when I was, uh, when I was growing up, like in same for stride, this is how me and him became friends, honestly, was through our love of JRPG, specifically the Final Fantasy games at the time. And uh, I would say 80% of the games that I played uh, growing up in that era were JRPGs. And as you, as you get older, as you evolve as a gamer, uh, the video game industry has done the exact same thing. Like JRPGs just don't, they don't hit like they used to, man. They don't have the same like action or, or, or storytelling mechanics or whatever. And one of the reasons why Persona 5 is one of my favorite games of all time is because they took that JRPG format and they modernized it. They made it very cool. They made it very fun. Even grinding on the game is as much fun as it was when I was a, a little kid. So, uh, yeah, 100% right, dude. It is maybe the best JRPG ever made. Yeah, I can chime in right on that. Uh, I, I slept on the series for a very long time. I've known about Persona for some time. Um, just looking in from the outside just looked a little too much, I guess, as far as JRPGs go. Like, being said, I played things like Final Fantasy, very cliche, standard. Um so I played Persona at first. I was just a little put off, um, but the graphics are excellent. The music is just incredible, uh, and it's it's hard it's hard not to fall in love with the game almost immediately, to be honest. Which I did. I could put the game down after playing it, and it is very classy uh, for what it is, and, and it just stylish is a good thing. Fantastic. Hundred percent. Yeah. So like, if you want to, you know, kind of describe the game and tell someone like in you know ten seconds why it's different or why it's special i think that stylish and you know modernized aspect is what you want to highlight but before we get into persona let's uh talk a little bit about what other stuff we've been playing recently so uh ryan start with you what have you been playing man uh recently actually decided to dive into my own little backlog and uh messed the game i called uh well called neo uh it is playstation exclusive uh, but it's got like a mixture of kind of the modern game nowadays, which just seems to everyone loves that Demon Souls kind of feel. Uh, I wouldn't say it's difficult, but I mean, quite frankly, pretty much exact same. You have areas you travel, a bunch of different paths. The difficulty is there. Um, the gameplay is really, really fun. Um, I think the challenges 
enough to make it interesting, but not enough to, again, to, I would say, quite like Demon Souls. But it's a lot of fun, man. Uh, I'm a sucker for the samurai aesthetic, uh, which it provides uh, in spades. Man, I played Neo, and I, I'm the opposite. I've like I've played and beaten all of those like from software souls bloodborne yeah, games and neo is way way harder for me like i i <laughs> i played like maybe a one third of that game and i was like yes. fuck this is way too hard and i quit playing i respect that's how it happened with me and sekido uh, i was not ready for sekido it brought a rage out of me i like to admit you before uh power i think a podcast <laughs> but that literally I, I i could hear the controller in my hand start to crack just a little bit <laughs> i'm telling you and i was like holy shit i haven't done something like that in at least two decades so like i said it brought something out of me and i eventually had just to put the controller down but i have this respect for it as i left i was like okay second i see you baby you gotta when you play that game most games nowadays you can just kind of jump on play however you wish even if the game is supposed to be made you know i guess in a certain way but that game was like no you're going to play exactly how we have designed uh-huh. this or you're going to get stomped out and that's exactly yeah. what happened for like I, 10 days i bought that for 60 dollars, and i told errington and the very first thing he told me was like you're gonna hate it and you're never gonna play it again and he was right <laughs> i played one battle and i was like oh fuck this shit and yeah, yeah. i was like you know 60 bucks that's only like that's only like 150 chicken nuggets dude like you'll be fine <laughs> I was going to say like 60 bucks. That's only an entire work day, you know, that I just <laughs> wasted yeah, on this game. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Well, if you, if you're like, if I don't know, Neo has like so many customization options that I kind of got overloaded by it, honestly. But if you're the type of person who like loves to experiment with all kinds of builds and shit like that, Neo is definitely a game for you. Yeah, I agree. It's it's graphically. I got the. I also got the enhanced version, so it's like on the PS5. And again, I just the graphics look fantastic. I, I tend to play the second one, but right now I'm having a blast for sure. Nice, Aaron. What you been playing lately? A uh, couple of things. I uh, got. A, I bought myself an Oculus uh, over the holiday, and I've been going hardcore on that uh, with Ryan as well. Uh, I guess like the best game I've played so far, in the one that I've been. Uh, the most into recently is called I Expect You to Die 2. And it's basically a room escape game where you play a secret agent and every level you are dropped into a random location and you have to figure out how to stop an assassination attempt or disarm a bomb or keep yourself from getting killed in every level. And I... I love it. I love it so much, dude. Like, I, I hate puzzle games, like, with a fiery passion. But on, on Oculus, like, the puzzle games are, are really interesting and cool. Uh, and on top of that, me and Dave have actually been playing uh, It Takes Two together. Yep. And hopefully we can talk about that uh, on a future podcast. But Dave and I have been playing through that game. And it is it is corny, but it is a lot of fun. It is a <laughs> very, very, very cool game. Uh, and I understand why it won uh, Game of the Year because I I've been having a blast. I'm, I'm Dave. I'm glad I get to play it with you, man. We don't we don't get to play video games like that very much anymore. So I, I yeah. cherish the experience and the game. But yeah, uh, the the Oculus, man. I've I've been obsessed, and that's just the virtual reality porn, like not even taking a part in it. Like the games <laughs> are very very cool as well. Seriously, so. no, that's serious. <laughs> <laughs> try try. I'm gonna need you to calm down uh but I'm yeah trying, but, <laughs> but yeah the, the oculus it's 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 a lot of fun if you have the spare change they're like 300 bucks uh and you know we we i don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast or the other one but it is it, it's like playing the nintendo 64 for the first time you're you're doing something new 
Like it, it is a new medium of like video game entertainment. And uh, while it's, you know, being, you know, it's a little disorienting sometimes in some games like came. I, I, I love it. Some of the things you can do with that machine are absolutely wild. So that, that's pretty much what I've been into the last couple months. Nice. Yeah. I'm having a blast playing It Takes Two, and I can't wait to uh, talk about the story on the podcast uh, with <laughs> with you, because that shit is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm doing the Dr. Hakeem voice all episode, and you can't stop me. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go into the palace and steal their treasure. <laughs> Dave, save it for the next one. Very let, 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 let's, not, let's not use all our ammo right now. Uh, Jesus Christ, it's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in a video I hate game. It. I, but I that hate game it is so, so much. much fun. It's, it's so, so cool. much fun. Yeah. Anyway, cool. Well, um, I don't have anything that I'm playing that will not feature on the podcast later, I don't think. Um, except uh, we're recording this in late January, and I'm on full-on like Elden Ring boner mode. So oh, I man, yes. started up... <laughs> started up like new playthroughs of both dark souls 2 and dark souls 3 and i've just been like tooling around in the opening levels of those games just like getting back into that mood before elden ring comes out so i mean i'll I'll probably at some point in the lifetime of this podcast do shows on both of those dark souls games but for now i'm just kind of having fun with those in addition to some other stuff that i've got coming up for the show so are you going to do one for returnal specifically yeah, okay. uh, there there will be one for Returnal that I'm recording next week. So Yeah, I'm stoked to hear about that. Whenever people hear this episode, the Returnal episode will be coming out somewhat shortly after, I believe, unless I switch the episodes around. But yeah, there will be an episode about Returnal. That game fucking rules, too. Yeah, do not miss that, guys. Just uh, just even listening to, to the story, just hearing about it is going to be exciting, truly. Yeah, uh, I, I can't wait to kind of get into it big theory discussion about what's going on in the story in that game (laughs) and then it is such a trippy game man i actually excited to hear that challenge just to him talking about it it's gonna be very (laughs) interesting for sure all right so let's get into talking about persona So getting into talking about Persona 5, and we always begin on the show with our histories with the game, uh, what made us want to play it, and then uh, also talking about how long our playthrough took us, if you guys remember. So Ryan, we'll start with you. What was the thing? You said you were kind of sleeping on the series as a whole, but what was it that made you want to play Persona 5? Uh, for me, honestly, I, I had just played Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, feeling super nostalgic just about the RPG experience in general. Um, 
And I tried playing, um, what was it, uh, Dragon Quest? I want to say it's like 11 or 9, like the newest yeah. one just released. 63. Some... <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's be honest. It's, it's It'll Dragon Quest 11, right. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I guess some great reviews on it. But for some reason, within the first 10 hours I played of it, it just didn't capture me. So, um, you know, I, I figured I'd take a shot on it. Why not? The reviews on it were outstanding. Um, I, I'd always thought about playing it. But again, just it, just aesthetically from the outside, just didn't really capture me. But uh, but yeah, uh, really just kind of looking for something to get into, to be honest. And, uh, and Persona came in a, a complete sleeper. And I think that may have been why it captured me even more than... Uh, expected because I was not expecting anything really um, above the ordinary from the game. Uh, being a huge Final Fantasy VII head or Final Fantasy nerd in general, um, but yeah, I, I just was looking for something RPG related, and it came and completely took me by surprise. Right on, Aaron. How about you, dude? What uh, what made you want to play Persona Five? Well, so much like every video game that I end up playing, I got a recommendation from e- I get I get a recommendation from either you or I get a recommendation from our good friend Ryan Arrington over here. And what happened was is I don't remember who said it first, but both of you told me that I needed to play this game within five days of each other. Like one of you told me <laughs> and then I was like, eh, okay. And then the other one of you told me and I was like, oh shit, for real. So, um, for, so I just, I, I just straight up bought it. Like I, I'm, 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 I agree with Arrington. Like it is one of the reasons why it's my favorite game is it, it is, it's a heavy, heavy sleeper. I have made my thoughts very clear about what I feel about anime on other podcasts. And I was looking <laughs> at this game and I was like reading the, the subscript and I, I was like, there is no way that this is going to be something I like, but the two people that I trust most told me i would love it like sometimes errington will tell me something like hey dude you really like that game or dave you'll tell me like hey dude yeah you'd be interested in this game but both of you were like Aaron, dude you have to play this fucking game like you have to play it and i like i said just obsessed within errington's right within 10 hours i knew i was into something that i had never experienced before uh one of the really cool things about persona is how they have elements that like are the strengths of other games but are kind of just like side things that you can do within persona uh so it one of the reasons i love it so much is it just has so many different elements that make it great outside of the battle system outside even the story i was like i will not care at all and i liked it enough that i bought uh persona 5 strikers uh the day it came out so i could keep going along with that story and those characters uh so yeah that that's basically my history both of you guys told me i would love it and uh, again like this is why i listen to you guys because 99 percent of the time you're absolutely right for sure and like i i remember like i was playing it and then i was like aaron hasn't played this but i know aaron loves jrpgs so like he's i i think we'll, we'll get into this in the show but i think anyone who loves jrpgs this is like one of the best ones I've ever played. It it's probably like necessary, I would say, for a big JRPG fan, unless you've played like past Persona games and just don't like what Persona does, you know? Yes, I would agree. Yeah. If you haven't already played the series and decide that it's just not for you, um, I recommend it. And just to touch on real quick what Bean said, yeah, I, I knew pretty much immediately that he would love the game. But it was just that aesthetic again it's at first it might be a little off-putting and i was like bro if if he can get past those first five to ten hours of just like okay this is very this is a lot i knew for a fact that it would just absolutely blow yes there's a lot going on here uh culturally (laughs) for for my boy but 
I knew if he could just hang out for a little bit, he did. Like it's, it's, it is impossible, really, I feel like, not to enjoy the game. Yeah, for sure. And so, like, it, it's kind of similar for me, but, like, for me also, I got a PS4, like, pretty late in the PS4's life cycle. Like, I think I got it in 2019 uh, for the first time. And so, similar to Bloodborne and God of War and stuff like that, when I was looking at, like, oh, I have this new PS4. What are the best games, uh, you know, that are exclusive to PS4? Persona 5 is, like, near the top of all of those lists. And I like a good JRPG. I, I don't... I, I'm glad you brought up Dragon Quest XI because I tried to play that too and I was so incredibly bored by it. And I've heard some people say before that like it's it's meant to be like a, you know, you play for 20 minutes when you're on the subway or like you play for 20 minutes before bed and it's like a bedtime story or something like that. Well, Persona is something that will like keep you engaged and you play that shit for like seven, eight, nine hours straight if you have the time to do it. Really? So as soon as I started it, I was completely hooked on it and it has like this you know the life sim stuff that i really liked from um fire emblem three houses but it does it better than that fire emblem game does so like i was fully hooked on it we'll talk about why i got so hooked later on Uh, but the thing that i want to mention is that um you guys both played the base version of the game right not the royal version correct correct okay so i waited for the royal version to release because i saw like this happens a lot i'll be like that game looks cool i want to play that oh there's a new version coming out in three months so i'll just wait and so when royal came out and uh went on sale eventually i picked it up and i had to take a long break in the middle of the game we'll talk about this it's a long ass game so i played like the first half of it over the course of a couple of months And then I took like a four month break from it. And then I came back and I just like fucking housed the rest of the game. Like, like just devouring like an entire sleeve of Fig Newtons, like Brian Regan says. That was me, (laughs) just like a fucking wood chipper going through the second half of the game. It was incredible. So you asked how many (laughs) hours we put into it, and I didn't say I put more hours into this RPG. Then, I mean, maybe Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, I, I had to have put like 126 hours into this fucking game, dude. Like, And I still yeah. didn't get anywhere near 100% completion. Uh, the gr- uh, you, you talked about how it's like one of those games, like it's not just you play it for like 20 minutes or whatever. Even the grinding in like Mementos, like I would, instead of like reading before I went to bed, I would just go and grind for an hour and a half until I fell asleep. I would fall asleep with it on the screen a lot yes <laughs> just being nice. serenaded by that music just jams hitting oh and yeah for sure god damn hell yeah so um my playthrough was 120 hours for the royal version of the game although like from what i hear the royal adds a lot of new story content but if you can trust the websites that track how long games take to beat how long to beat.com is my preferred one uh there's really no length difference between the base game and Royal. So anyway, uh, 120 hours. This is a long ass game. And this is the first thing I want to talk about with you guys. Like, cause this is the first thing that people think of with persona five. We'll say like, Hey, you should play persona five. And they're like, isn't that game 200 fucking hours long. (laughs) And so my question to you guys is, 
is this defensible? Does this game deserve to be 120 hours long? Like, no hyperbole, 120 hours. Uh, in my opinion, I'll go first, 100%. Uh, this is it's just an experience, honestly, in my opinion. It, it could have probably given me 200 hours, like genuinely a full 200, maybe a plus, and I would have been chilling. The universe is just so charming, honestly, and, and the sim part of it, aspect of it, almost sometimes you feel rushed. Because you don't want to be doing too much because there's, you know, there's certain aspects of the game that kind of make you feel like you have a timeline. Um, but it's when you really kind of start to relax and just enjoy and take your time with the game and relationships and things that you're developing that I think the game really just really starts to shine. And it's easy for days just to like in game and out realistically uh, just to start flowing past as you start to get into it. Uh, mm-hmm. I just fell in love with the design of the game. I wanted to continue to play more. And I personally put in and I think I looked at it the other day it was 128 hours at least. Um, and again, I could have, I kind of just kind of finished it at the end because I struggle to finish games. Uh, so I could have easily probably gone to 150 if I really allowed myself to enjoy it the way I wanted to. Um, but yeah, again, incredibly charming. Uh, I could have enjoyed myself even longer personally. And, and we talked about like, I don't know, you know, what podcast we talked about this on. I, I believe it was, uh, this one we were talking about Ghost of Tsushima where it's like, when I was done playing Persona 5, like when I beat the final boss, when the story was over, and I can't go back and I can't go back and play Persona 5 Royale. I put way too much fucking time into that game. Like I cannot sink any more hours of my life into Persona 5. But it's 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 the same feeling I had like as I was approaching the end of the Dark Tower or I was approaching the end of Game of Thrones where it's just like like this has become like a part of my life and it's not going to be in it anymore. I have a finite amount of time with this game. I'm with Arrington, bro. Give me 200 hours. Like I didn't have enough time to do everything I wanted. And likening back to what I said about like the game, like having a lot of elements that are other game strengths as like, it's sort of like side parts to this game. Like you you could, I, I could have literally played this forever. Like, Persona 5 was so good that, like, I bought Persona 5 Strikers, which which is also a pretty good game, but nowhere near what Persona 5 was, uh, just because that that itch hadn't gone away after I had beaten the game. So I I, I would say, like, yeah, if, if somebody's... I, I think it's, like, bullshit if somebody's like, you should play this game. Well, how long is it? Well, I mean, it's, it's as long as it takes. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I, I could have easily sunk 300 hours into that game if it would let me Arrington's right it puts you on like a time limit man like if they wouldn't have given me a time limit I, I would have put another four months into that game I, I was just I, I was obsessed I, I I love almost every aspect of it yeah well just to clarify for for those listening who haven't played there isn't like a you know ticking timer of like you have to beat this in a certain number of hours or something like that there's just an in-game calendar that like flows and so you can't just like spend forever time will pass throughout the game you can't just like go do a thousand side quests and then like no in-game time will pass it's not that kind of game so yeah the story will catch up with you eventually yeah Yeah. so um i don't know in my opinion i i'm definitely someone who like when a game comes out i check how long it takes and if a game says like this game takes a hundred hours to beat like I'm in my head, I'm like, I want to replay Morrowind, but it's gonna take me ninety fucking hours to re to replay Morrowind. Then that like gives me a little bit of pause because some games really deserve to be over a hundred hours long, and some games don't. Like 
some of the newer Assassin's Creed games have no business being as long as they are, I think. But uh, I I kind of agree with you guys. Like Persona kind of earned it and it it didn't feel like playing 120 hours of Assassin's Creed Odyssey because the time just like flies by when you're playing this game. Like if you're into it, the time will just fly by. And so like I was thinking about it, if they cut a couple of those palaces from the game, I don't think it would have hurt the game to like be 30 hours shorter. You know, if they cut a couple of those palaces out of the middle, it would have been okay. But, you know, you're you're taking out story content, you're taking out character development and stuff like that. And it's kind of like you said, I'm glad you compared it to like some TV shows. Uh, when you're getting toward the end and it's been such a big part of your life and these characters that you've spent all of this time with, this that you're coming to this conclusion together. I think that that's really cool. And it made me think like, well, this game's 120 hours. It was kind of a similar amount of time as it would take to watch all of Lost again, because Lost has like 130 episodes or something like that. And so I was thinking like, it is kind of like that. You've spent so much time with these characters. And so I took a long break in the middle of the game and there's no, I don't feel bad about that at all. And it didn't affect my enjoyment of the second half. But I did want to just kind of get your thoughts on this because this is probably the longest game that's uh, been on the show so far and will be the longest game, you know, for the foreseeable future, unless I finally just give in and start playing Final Fantasy 14. But <laughs> we'll see. And you will not be disappointed with that. If you either. do, we'll play it with you, Dave. Seriously? We'll play it with yeah, you yeah. every day, man. If you tell me you'll play it with me, that makes me want to play it less, but I appreciate it. I know. It. <laughs> you, you hate people Very so funny. much. <laughs> Uh, all right. So anyway, the, getting the game length discussion out of the way, like I think we all pretty much agree that this game does not suffer for being so long, and there are there are attachments that grow because it is so long. But getting into the game itself, um, the first thing you're going to notice when you play Persona Five is that the visuals and the UI in the game are extremely cool. For lack of a more descriptive word, they're cool. And it has this really flashy, like, red, black, and white uh, color scheme in the UI. It immediately stands out. And all the menus are, like, they're, like, tilted, and they have these jagged edges. And I don't know how you guys felt, but, like, when I first saw this in screenshots, I thought it looked busy and that it would, like, be off-putting. But as you go through the game, the game moves at such a quick pace with like, you know, pop up like dialogue boxes and menus. They all come up in a flash and it's just a very cool, like, you know, going back to playing like Dragon Quest or an old Final Fantasy game, like Final Fantasy six or something like that. They've really made an effort to make your menus and stuff look really cool because turn-based combat you spend a lot of time in menus it should be cool to look at i think that's part of their like philosophy here yeah oh and like yeah, I Dave, agree. like 
I, what, what I will say really quickly is like, you, you know, we talk, I, I talked a little bit earlier about how like it, it sort of like modernized the JRPG like format, like you're 100% right. Like, you, you know, th those kinds of games anymore are looked at as archaic because they 100% are. So when you're looking yeah. at like creating like a modern RPG, you have to think like, what well, what are the biggest components here? Like we have to be able to keep the battle system like fresh. We have to have side quests that don't make you feel like you're being ultra repetitive and like the one thing that they nailed is the menu man like it, it's it's really cool like you, you know you talk about uh you know what it looked like uh just going from one menu to another it was it was like a it was like a little like a like a visual gif like you know like you're going to your weapons menu and like joker's in the top right corner he does like a fucking barrel roll and he's in the bottom left corner and now you're on a new screen um and every screen is represented by a different character within the game too so like each screen has its own little like personal flair for whatever character it's supposed to be like embodying at the time as well like uh, i mean 100% best menu of any game <laughs> I, I, I did you know that's a weird thing to say uh but i thought the style of it was so cool i saw somebody i, I i'm on the persona 5 subreddit somebody had like um like made their iphone like customized their iphone to look like the persona 5 menu so all the apps had like a little persona flair uh the way you, when you swipe the screen it did little things and shit and i was like well i'm gonna do this to my phone 100 and i looked at how to do it and i was like yeah it's like six steps like i'm not i'm not gonna take any part of that that <laughs> seems like it seems like a lot of work but 100 spot on i'm glad we were able to talk about the menus because like you're right you spend a lot of time in the menus in this game whether you're switching items uh, or you're in the persona menu or you're looking at like your confidant levels whatever you're constantly in, in your menu how can we also make this interesting and they nailed it yeah exactly yep yeah i completely agree the i would say the one thing about the game is it's uh, incredibly just vibrant and right off the top it's just uh right in your face and it's unapologetically itself and at first i thought it was a little a little a little niche, a little uh, gimmicky. You know, it was just like, okay, they're just going to make this just look, you know, aesthetically just overcharged and overload. But honestly, it actually ends up being, again, I keep using the word, it's just incredibly charming. Um, it's very much itself. It has an art style. And I feel like something about the game is very artistic, uh, whether it's the music, which, again, you're just going to hear me talk about the entire time, um, mm -hmm. or the, <laughs> the overall aesthetic, again, is just vibrant. And um, you could tell whoever made it loves the game, and they, they have a very interesting personality and you can feel it immediately in the game the game has an incredible distinct personality that uh, i have never seen before uh in a game before so and you've seen things i guess similar where they just again they just try to come out to you and you're just like oh man visually it's very um overloaded but that game at first it's what you think it is and then you realize it's just again a part of the incredible universe that they've created I loved yeah. it. It's like the it's like the old like Batman comics or Superman comics from like the uh, 30s and stuff. Like it's the pals and the blams and the and the and the you know like like that thing, but personified into a video game. Like every time you're moving the controller, you're seeing something that reminds you of that sort of thing. It's it's really cool and it's 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 hard to explain, but like that that's the best way to ever describe it. Is like they took like that that manga like format and put it on the screen about as perfectly as you could. And it's yeah, definitely so much been, going on there. It's definitely been taken into like newer games. It's definitely influenced like newer JRPGs. Like I'm playing Yakuza like a dragon. 
uh, for an episode of the show later, and I'm going to talk about in that episode how like there are a lot of things in this game that remind me of Persona 5. One of them is the uh, um, the way the menus look, especially in combat, and the just the general feel of combat, making turn-based combat more modern. And part of that, an obvious part of emphasis for them was like, in this game, you're in dialogue, so you have text boxes, or you're in some kind of menu, either in combat or doing other stuff. How do we make that look cool? Because if you just take like, you know, 120 hours of Final Fantasy VI menus, uh, it starts to look a little bit boring, and that's definitely not what you want. Uh, another thing about the visuals is like Aaron brought up before, this is like a very anime style of uh, like character designs and basic like visual design in general. So especially like, so you have like the game engine rendered um, character models, which are, you know, it's a anime-ish. And then you have these like full-on animated cutscenes that are like, if you had just put these cutscenes together and showed them to me on YouTube, I would have just thought it's like just some anime show. Yeah, the game, what I love about it, it has so many different artistic styles. Um, again, just so much personality. And it's not just one thing. It's just, again, what I love about games. Again, it just you just never know what to expect for the game at first. Um, mm-hmm. And once you get comfortable and allow yourself to get past the fact that, okay, this is not just a very cliche, just anime overload game. Again, about it's about high schoolers. Enough. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It really is just like, oh my god, they've actually really put something uh, coherent here together and cohesive. It's again, just from the characters, I was very, very, very much in love with the universe. That's all I can say. I don't can't say I've been so much in love with the universe as far as RPGs go since in Final Fantasy and very specific Final Fantasies. I would say you know ten and everything before ten, basically. Um, I was in love with this game. Uh, to the point where I was actually incredibly disappointed that I had, it had taken me this long to to get into the series. Very much so. I couldn't believe it, especially how much I love. Uh, I pride myself on RPGs in general. Uh, I was disappointed as hell. <laughs> I could have been playing this for years. Yeah, for sure. So the other thing that you're going to notice as soon as the game boots up, even going into the main menu, and then when the actual game proper begins, is you're going to notice that the music in Persona 5 fucking bangs. So we're going to take a little music break. We're going to let you listen to some of that, and then we'll come back and talk about it. As you heard there, the music in Persona 5 
as I said before, in my uh, scientific um, definition, fucking bangs. So the soundtrack. <laughs> Scientifically bangs scientifically I, I, I looked up it. i looked up in the music dictionary earlier how to properly express what i'm feeling and it said this shit fucking bangs so yep. <laughs> the soundtrack is credited to shoji meguro and it is fucking great fucking smacks i don't know about you guys i've said this on the show several times but like if a if a game soundtrack really like hits me inside where my like you know my boners live I will listen to the soundtrack outside of the game and the uh, Persona 5 soundtrack passes that with flying colors. I listen to this at work. I listen to this when I'm walking around. I listen to this when I'm cleaning because it, it's like the only thing that makes cleaning bearable for me. Um, it is a great soundtrack. What's really funny is, first off, it is the best. It has the best soundtrack of any game. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, but I will, uh, eh, not so much anymore, but when I was really in the game, I found a loop for Sojuro's coffee shop. Uh, and it was like, it's the same one we used for top three. Don't yeah. sue us. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it's the same, it's the same one we use for top three, that coffee shops. There's a nine hour loop of that on YouTube. And I will put that over the loudspeakers at work all fucking day long. You have no idea like that, that, that is meant for a low key chill retail environment and the other guy i work with he's like i'm gonna play pumped up kicks nine times in a row i'm just like okay <laughs> uh, so when it's when it's my turn to play music i'll just throw on that <laughs> love him i'll throw on sojiro's coffee shop and play it over and over again if it's friday night uh any one of the you'll never see it coming there's also <laughs> a nine hour there's also a nine hour loop for that uh, but it's the best soundtrack of any game. And me and Aaron have talked for years and years and years about how Final Fantasy 7 and Final Fantasy like 6 too, at least in my opinion, have like the best video game soundtracks. But when it comes to like being able to listen to it outside of work, like I have to be in, in like a mood to listen to video game music. But I, I, I describe the music in this as kind of like a pseudo like 70s Japanese like disco funk band. <laughs> It's, so much and, and, and it's, it's 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 perfect dude yeah top to bottom every song smacks but that coffee shop i'll just play that at work and i'll just be like walking around carrying like 80 pounds just smiling i'm like but what's really funny is one out of every like 300 people is like are you listening to the persona 5 soundtrack like right now <laughs> i'm like yeah and now you're my friend because i know you're cool yeah, yes exactly yeah yeah, that's a guarantee. Uh, I'm so glad we got to this part. Uh, I fucking love the music, man. Seriously. Music is so good. Okay. Um, no, like I said, I, I had it playing. There's just some games where you could just have, uh, you'll just sit in the menu for hours. Halo was one of those for me, one for me where I could just, I could hear the, the sound of just that very, uh, I'll throw all the background. Uh, just, I would sit there for hours and just hear that menu. Uh, but this game, it didn't matter if you your menu, didn't matter where you were. Uh, it is just like the art style, just very in your face. It is, it is funky. It is uh, incredibly fun. Uh, it's just again, I, I, the game is perfect. It really is. Uh, they, man, I, if if you haven't listened to the soundtrack, peep the soundtrack. I challenge anyone slap, slap. to to not listen to it and, and fall in love. Honestly, just like the game. If you could play the game for ten hours and you're a fan of the genre and you and, and you don't enjoy the game i I truly truly is shocked 
True. Yeah, like, I listened to the uh, I listened to the soundtrack before I even had the game because I knew like it had this reputation as having a great soundtrack. So even before I got the game, I was like playing the soundtrack when I was working and stuff like that. So yeah, and like I'm glad you guys brought up the sound of the soundtracks. It's very uh, like diverse. Like a lot of the soundtracks have like this funk sound or like this like very lo-fi jazz sound and like people who actually know music or listening are probably like Dave shut up you don't know what you're talking about but um that's and but there's some songs that have like real like rock and metal feels to them and uh, a lot of the songs have vocals which is not something that a lot of uh, yeah, game soundtracks wild. get into that the it's... main battle theme in the game has vocals and uh, the it... singer for the vocals uh, her name is Lynn Inaizumi I'm hoping I'm saying that halfway I'm in love correctly. With her. Yeah, she's she sings uh, all the perfect. vocals as far as I know, but most famously the battle theme "Last Surprise," which you heard Aaron sing oh my earlier in this episode. Oh my <laughs> god, dude! Oh my god, that's such a good song. I I don't know if I would say that this is the best video game soundtrack ever because when you said that, I had a few others pop in my head. Like uh, "Near Automata" is a, a like just a plus top top class soundtrack but this Very is good. also a plus top class i it's it's going to be in the discussion guaranteed yeah uh-huh for Whether sure it's your top one or not it'll definitely be in your discussion and and, and another just a, a wild modernization of jrpgs man like i remember the very first jrpg i played where they like were even like where the characters had like vocal lines it was brave fencer musashi playstation one first time i, I ever heard anybody talk in a video game. And now you have, you know, a modernized JRPG where this chick is singing while I am beating the fuck out of people. Like I can <laughs> hear her talking while I am slapping around some little jester looking dude. Like it's wild. And you know, I, I, I think at least for me anyways, I don't really care about soundtracks that much. Like if I'm actually like, delving into the soundtrack and i'm like talking about it in regards to like what i felt about the video game that means that every other facet of it was so awesome that the only thing i have left to dissect is going to be the soundtrack you know so like it, just from that perspective man like i don't really get into shit like that and and i was just it, it was awesome Arrington's right boom cut to the menu awesome music go into a certain store awesome music fucking go out on a date awesome music very cool stuff yeah, and like there so there's a lot of games that have good music, but it it's kind of like background tracks, you know, and it fits the game well, uh but I'm not really like thinking about it outside of the game. And then there are soundtracks that are so goddamn good that it's like you know, it's music I want to listen to. Like I can listen to my favorite, you know, rock bands or metal bands or something. And I can also listen to the Persona 5 soundtrack and have the same level of like enjoyment listening to music. And that's not something that every game soundtrack can say. So like it this, almost yeah. zero can say, man. Well, I guess that depends on the person, noticed... but yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say there's one thing I noticed. I know how sometimes you say you see a, a, a car and then you just can never stop seeing that model of car uh, one thing i actually noticed that's usually not the issue actually when it comes to rpgs or especially the soundtracks i feel like they're usually pretty specific you know you may hear it every once in a while somebody having the background but with this persona 5 soundtrack i've noticed i hear it everywhere now everywhere now like i hear people play it all the time in youtube videos and, and just constantly uh the soundtrack peep it y'all i'm telling you would i be disappointed 
Well, like we said on a, a top three podcast, we have a an ad that we run for a local coffee shop, and we use the Sojuro's coffee song in the background of that, uh, or like a you know a remix, like lo-fi version of the song. But you know what I mean. Like the the soundtrack is just so good, and it the style in the soundtrack, like this this like jazzy, funky uh, vibe to it fits the vibe that we talked about with the UI and the menu designs and stuff in like those things all together provide the style that the game is so famous for. I'm a shapeshifter. <laughs> <laughs> so we already heard the battle theme last surprise, both the real version and uh, Aaron's wonderful singing. So let's get into talking about the combat, which is, one of the other big things that I think Persona 5 absolutely nails is modernizing turn-based combat and making it fun, making it quick, you know? Um, like, as far as strategy goes, I think this game gets into, like, some good battle strategy, and there's some some things I'll bring up uh, later. But, like, the first thing I just want to say about the combat is that Dragon Quest Eleven has very boring combat for such a long game yes. in my opinion Dave, you yeah, hate that game so much i mean I, I i kind of agree i'm very surprised based on the rating like i was expecting a lot the ratings were just like yeah this thing is from our best game i've played in years like okay i just think like dragon quest is not a series for me because that's what they're going Correct. for they're going for this cozy you know fantasy bedtime story type thing and that's that's not what i'm really after but like sure. i'll say uh Final Fantasy, before Final Fantasy X, those combat systems could kind of drag sometimes, especially 7, 8, and 9, in my opinion. Uh, X modernized it from there, but like Persona 5 takes it much, much further. So it's quick. Your random, random encounters, I'll say in quotes, they're quick. They last, you know, 10 seconds tops if you know what you're doing, which you should. Um some of the boss battles get pretty long, but they're these big epic boss battles. So anyway, let's talk about the uh, mechanics of the turn-based combat. It's It starts out with your basic tool set that most RPGs give you. You know, you have your basic attack, you have magic attacks, buffs and debuffs. But the main I'm thing done. that... Yeah, well, yeah, you're fighting with, uh, you know, melee weapons. Some of your characters... Now, all of your characters have a melee attack and a gun. Uh, and certain enemies will be weak to melee attacks. Certain ones will be weak to gunshots. And then they'll, most enemies will have elemental weaknesses as well. So what you're trying to do though, and I, I don't know if this is standard in the series before, cause I haven't played the other ones. What you're trying to do is not just defeat enemies through sheer damage output. You're trying to knock them down. And so if you, Hit an enemy's weakness, like elemental weakness, if you get a critical hit, if you hit them when they have a status effect, they will be knocked down. And this takes away a turn from the enemy, which is good, uh, especially later on in the game when you basically have to keep everything knocked down all the time. Um, but most importantly, this sets up the kind of like, like you know, halfway advanced uh, thing that they bring in through the game, which is the baton pass. So if you get a knockdown on an enemy, you can switch to a teammate for a free turn. And then if they're able to hit that same enemy or a different enemy with that enemy's weakness, you can keep baton passing 
over and over again, at least through the whole party. And so this like starts out as helpful to give you extra turns, but by a certain por- point in the game, this is what you have to do in combat because the enemies get really, really strong. And so this is the best way to like maximize your combat effectiveness. So like before we get into talking about holdups and stuff like that, did you guys find this uh, knockdown and baton pass thing to be fun? I have to be completely honest with you, man. I thought the game was way too easy. I didn't really baton pass that often. I just what? Yeah, I, I that is crazy and, and, to me. And and you know we've talked about this a hundred times. Dave hates grinding. Dave hates grinding. And Aaron, I, I love grinding. I am always. 15 levels higher than I should be, especially for Sona. You're fucking sicko, dude. You disgust me. Dude, bro, I'm (laughs) telling you, like, like I would play the game for eight hours. I'd be like, okay, it's time to go to bed. I go down to my bed. I get a snack, get a bottle of water, sit in my bed. I would bring my PlayStation downstairs. I would hook it up, and I would just drive (laughs) around Mementos for, like, an hour and a half. I'm like, you know, like, I'm at level 50 right now. You know, I bet if I just go down there and grind until I fall asleep, I'll be 54 when I wake up tomorrow morning. Like, I love grinding in RPGs. Like, I I, I love that. I love being able to completely master something. And when, when you master something like the Persona 5, like, battle system... It, on top of it already being fun, dude, like it's nothing but rewarding. Like I grinded all of my characters to like 80 before I used that trick that allows you to very quickly gain levels. Cause I was like getting to the point where I was like, okay, I should probably end this game now. But like, yeah, no, I, I, I did the baton pass from time to time. If it was like Morgana, cause I love Morgana and I wanted that cat to kill stuff. Uh, but I, <laughs> I, I rarely ever used, I, I rarely ever had to use the baton. Like most of that game I spent killing everything on the field in one hit, regardless of whether, or regardless of whether or not it was, you know, weak to whatever I was throwing at it. I was killing everything one hit the whole game. I had no problems with any boss fights, but that's just because I love the grind. So yeah, the baton system is cool. And like, I dig it because it's, it, it's a part of an interesting battle system, but I rarely ever did it, man. I was just killing. I was grinding and killing stuff, dude. You go to the gym, you do 50 push-ups a day, you know, in three months, you're going to be able to beat up that guy that stole your girlfriend. You know what I mean? Same thing in RPG. <laughs> it's the same exact right. thing in RPGs, dude. Like I could be worried about how I could like, you know, approach this battle or it doesn't matter because I'm so much stronger than what I'm fighting. I can do whatever I want. The guns are terrible. I rarely ever use them unless an enemy had a weakness. I would just kill kill things with guns sometimes because, like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm killing you in one hit. All right, I'm done. All right, so, Ryan, are you a grinding sicko, or did you find this uh, to be as necessary as I did? I am actually a grinding sicko. Um, oh, God, and I also, but I at done? the same time, but I have had to, had to uh, curb my grind a bit because again, I've run into the issue of, I just grind so hard, especially when I'm in love with a uh, battle system. And I am, I, I was very much uh, in love with the battle system they've done here. Cause I agree with whatever everyone said. Um, you know, when it comes to modernizing uh, the battle system, because even someone like myself, I, I adore Final Fantasy VII, even that whole style. Uh, I, you know, again, I came from that, so I enjoy that. But at the same time, I realize it's like, okay, it, it's been twenty plus years now. I mean, it's time to you have to modernize it eventually, make it exciting for a new generation, especially now when you have so many games out um, and 
to be able to keep people's attention with that style would be very difficult. But with this game, um, yeah, I, I was like, damn, they've actually done a really good job of, ma- of making things seamless, I think. Um, like you said, I, I'm kind of like with the bean, though. I do find that it was pretty pretty easy, even without like a really hard grind. That's one of the reasons I actually kind of curved it as well is because I was like, felt like I'm just going to be one-shotting everything. And one thing I did enjoy about it is I felt like it was it was cool or at least worth your time to use all the abilities when you're fighting as well. And I feel like not all games yeah. do that. You'll have an entire two, three pages worth of spells, and you're like, I'm, you really only use two spells the entire game. I always right. find that to be a little lame. Right. But I really feel like yes. they, they made it worth using all the abilities uh, that you had at your disposal. And you'll find that Joker... Like the main guy, uh, his his abilities essentially it's, it's limitless. You basically just do whatever the hell that you want to at a certain point, uh, which is really really fun. And they managed to they managed it where he's really strong without it being insanely insanely overpowered. But I really feel like yeah. the only super difficulty came in managing your you know your your health and 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 realistically your, your magic. mana more, even more, more than your, your health realistically. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The mana system, I feel like, is really came more of a like a management, which I felt like they did a good job of keeping you from being able to just get off the off the chain with your with your ability or with your strength. They managed to keep you on the hook a little bit with that. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I, I love the battle system personally. Okay, so what I'm gathering here, number one, if you're listening to this and you haven't played the game, grinding is not mandatory. Aaron and Ryan are just sickos. And number yes. two. The battle system is fun enough that if you're not like grinding a verse like I am, you'll have fun doing it. So like it's fun to be in battles in this game, including grinding and mementos. But the other thing uh, to mention is that I, I play the royal version where in mementos, you don't have to actually fight everything. If you're like a couple levels higher than them, you can just run them over with the car and you'll get the experience just from that. So, like, I did some mementos grinding, but it was all just running things over with the car. It wasn't actually fighting, and that cuts down your time commitment by a lot. So it anyway, does, actually. Anyway, um, once you have your enemies knocked down, uh, so we're, we're trying to go through this baton pass, knock down, you're baton passing to get extra turns for your team, because a baton pass turn doesn't count as that character's one turn for that um move and as you baton pass further and further that baton pass turn will get buffed each time so like the fourth time if you're able to baton pass all four times that fourth character will be really powerful on that turn so it's in your best interest in tough battles to try to do that as much as you can but the other thing that happens is if there's only one enemy or if there's a group of enemies but they're all knocked down you can do what's called a hold up in the game where you pick an enemy to surround uh, and you can talk to them. And I think this is a feature of the Shin Megami Tensei series too, which I've not played any of them, but you know, persona spun off of that. You can talk to the enemies and if you do, you can ask them for money, uh, which I never ever did because I always had enough money. You can ask them for an item, which seems like a waste because I never felt like I needed more items than I had or you can ask that enemy to join your team as a persona. And uh, like uh, Ryan said, Joker, the main character, is really powerful, but he's not powerful in a way of, like, he kills everything in one hit. The way that Joker is powerful is that all your other characters can only have one persona. Joker can equip a lot. Like, I think it's like 10 or something like that. So, uh, or 14, actually, 14 if you're fully upgraded. 
So uh, that's why Joker is powerful, because he can basically do anything you need him to do if you like line up his personas in the right way. So anyway, you ask a uh, an enemy to join your team, and you have to do a little mini game for like, you know, this enemy's uh, Morgana will give you a hint. He'll say like, this enemy looks sad. Try to be gentle with it. Or like, hey, this enemy's a dick. Be real assertive with him or something like that. And so if you pick the right thing, they'll join your team. And then it's we get into this uh, persona system, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But uh, this is the combat loop. And I should say, if you if you have the enemies knocked down and you don't want to talk to them, you can just press uh, a button for what's called an all-out attack, where all oh, your characters man. jump in and attack them with this cool animation. It's so neat. It does extra damage. So, like, it's it's good if you're trying to, like, catch enemies to be on your team. But, like, even if you're not, you should still knock them down because it takes away their turn. You get a free attack. Um, yeah. So, this is kind of the combat loop. You are unless you're grinding to the point where the game poses no challenge to you, you are trying to knock down enemies. You are not, once you get to like the middle of the game, uh, you're not going to be able to just kill enemies based on elemental weaknesses or like physical strength anymore. You have to do this baton pass system. Um, Later in the game, enemies stop having elemental weaknesses, so you need to try to get critical hits or put status effects on them in order to get knockdowns, which is why I'm glad Ryan said all of your spells are useful. You know, if you play a... How many times are you playing a Final Fantasy game? How many times are you going to use poison on an enemy? Absolutely fucking never. Zero. Zero. Exactly. (laughs) How many many times are you going to use some of those kind of obscure buffs that your characters learn like other than you know hastaga and uh like sloga you're never going to use those buffs and debuffs in final fantasy yeah unless you just want to see what they do because you haven't used them a while like yeah right because i'm grinding and i kill everything in one hit yeah (laughs) yeah in this game all of those status effects are useful because they're going to help you get knockdowns and those buffs and debuffs uh, to help you get extra critical hits or to make your team faster or uh, have higher defense, I found them to be necessary later in the game. So they do a good job, like Ryan said, of making sure that your your whole toolkit is useful to you, like in a major way. So here, here's what I'm going to say, and I, I want to take a step back here. So I also felt like, like when you're holding like a, a bad guy up, Asking for an item 99% of the time is the wrong decision to make. They do have certain items in the game that you need to evolve like end game personas. So you could, you know, potentially like grind and grind and grind until you were able to hold them up for that item. But I found even when you did that, it didn't happen. You said you never asked for money. <laughs> I asked for money ninety nine percent of the time. All like nine yeah. ninety. Like the <laughs> the the feeling of like putting a fucking gun in in like somebody's face and being like, "Give me all your money," and they'd be like, "Okay, here's some money," and then you have like, an option but, that's like, "But sir, give, I'm a no. snowman." Yeah, and you're like, "Fuck you, <laughs> give me that money," and then they're like, "All right, here's what I have," and then there's an option to be like, "No, no, 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 no." Give oh, me more. Give me more money. <laughs> and, the, and like one of two things happened. Uh, they stood up for themselves. 
they were brave and I killed them or they gave me more fucking money, dude. And uh, <clears throat> when it comes to the JRPG thing, three things you can never have enough of experience, money and items. Like, right? Like, dude, I'm not, I don't want that money because I need it. I want that money because I want that money. <laughs> like, I'm going, Baby. I'm going to the doctor's office. And I, she was one of my, she was on the very first confidants I went all the way through. One, because I wanted to have sex with her, but two, because <laughs> she had like the best items in the game. Striden, like, was talking about how SP management is, 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 is kind of a hassle or a chore and it totally is unless you're friends with the doctor and you got enough money to buy these fucking things that she has for you like i have 99 of every item when i end the game i have a million plus every time i end the game like it, I, I, it's a flex to myself man. do you see how have if, if you have 99 of every item then it's a bad idea to ask a persona for more money or more items like take that I, experience I then you I mean, I guess for me, because I don't want to <laughs> spend time grinding, I took the experience every single time. It's much more valuable to me. Yeah, I liked I, I liked the seven digits, man. I did. I did. Once I was a millionaire in that game, I was like, you know what? You are the coolest high school student in all of the <laughs> <laughs> But like, yeah, the, the items are worthless. The money. Yeah, you're right. It's worth it. Dave's obviously like right here. Like the one thing I never really did a whole bunch of was like, I never got like max level personas and that's probably why because I just stick at a gun in somebody's face as a Japanese high schooler and tell me to give me all your fucking money. Now give me more. Now well, go I'm away or I'll a, kill I'm, you. I'm next to a, an actual cat that's talking. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Just just Japanese high school stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was it was very funny. And I uh, that's the best part of the it's it's you know, I said earlier how it borrows strengths of other games like that's the Pokemon aspect of it right? right is being able to like is being in a fight not killing something and getting it to join you that's that's the strength of that game which is a big part of this game but also a very necessary component to what you're doing overall yeah so like uh like i said earlier your party members will each get one persona that's like theirs for the whole game and you can upgrade it uh throughout the game by um doing social stuff with them, which we'll talk about the social stuff. But the main thing uh, with this like persona collecting system is you're trying to kit out the main character, Joker, who, like I said, you can have up to 14 of these uh, personas if you fully upgrade this uh, throughout the game. So this makes Joker, like, like we said, super powerful, but not because like he kills everything in one hit. It's because if you need you know, if you're, if you're putting together a diverse team and you're like, okay, this enemy's weak to ice, Joker has an ice attack, you know, or this enemy, uh, is, I need to like do some status effect to this enemy. Joker probably has someone that can do that. Yeah. D Joker's like the Pokemon's version of Ditto basically. Yeah. 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 Except he's actually good. And, uh, I think it makes the game easy. I think Joker is, you know, you say he's not like overpowering. I'm telling you this right now. Like if Joker only had one persona, that game would have been a lot fucking more difficult. It would have been a lot harder. Yeah. The, the one thing that keeps Joker in check is personas learn moves uh, as they level up. And there's a limited number that they can know. I, I think it's four. Uh, moves that they can know or six maybe like or something eight. like that is yeah, it eight? Like that. it's eight yeah say. okay but like 
for the other characters, it's a big deal because you're like, you know, you have a limited number of uh, abilities and there's lots of ways to get new abilities on personas by doing fusions and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, that that is why Joker, you still have to do some work to make Joker really good. You have to pick the right moves, basically. But uh, it's it's not so hard to like figure out, yes, I'll take the strongest ice spell over the strong ice spell, you know, for this uh, yeah. for this one. So the uh, the other thing that is good about playing in Royal is if you're looking for a particular uh, persona down in Mementos, if you run them over with the car, they automatically join your team if you have space <laughs> in your roster. Oh, that's actually pretty awesome. Yeah, the, that is the, cool. For a 120-hour game, quality of life changes are super important. So like people listening i i absolutely recommend you play royal do not play the base game in my opinion because it's it may be a little bit longer but the quality of life stuff is excellent in addition to the extra story content um what i want to ask you guys is the other part of the persona system is fusing them and there's lots of different ways to do this but you pick two or three personas to fuse together and create a new one and they can inherit moves and they will inherit experience and they'll probably be at a higher level and stuff like that. Did you guys get into this? Cause this is a really deep thing, but it's, I found it to be really confusing to like predict. So did you guys do a lot of fusions? Oh yeah. I was, uh, I was, uh, I love the fusions uh, quick. I'll make a quick shout out to one of my all time favorites, uh, Jade cocoon. It's a series. Not many have heard. Hell uh, yeah, dude. PlayStation one. And it's one of the few games that really kind of, uh, had the, again, a, a new element that I had never seen back in the day where essentially you have your turn-based RPG, but they had something that was so cool, very much Pokemon ish. Uh, but yeah, you basically could fuse your care, uh, the, the, spirits that in this time uh, together and it's just very much like this except you could do your personas so i was immediately in love with that idea um and i'm an aesthetic guy too so i was always looking for i mean they have very odd things like a dude demon dude like literally just sitting on a fucking toilet shitting and uh so yeah, aesthetically giant, the personas giant penis monster yeah there's there's one that's literally a giant dick and balls yeah i'm literally, not kidding it, 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 it's a penis it, monster genuinely. yeah it is the, the game is wild when it comes to their aesthetics when it comes to that but you know if you sell them and go some of them look pretty badass too so i was always trying to make my dudes look as cool as possible yeah i wanted to have a nice range as far as elements as well but it really kind of lets you kind of enjoy yourself and kind of have some personality in it and that's why i do agree with being to it for, to, for the most part is like the game is fairly easy i don't think you're going to uh really play the game you're like you know what man this game is pretty tough uh compared to other rpgs i played personally and we did you know we talked about demon souls like i, I just the game is it has a good flow to it uh, so it doesn't make it seem like it's just like you're rolling over the game to it a certain extent. Feel like just, i feel like the game is designed to make things the pace pretty quick um but yeah like uh, among that though those personas uh are pretty fucking goofy and but i think add a great element to the game personally now i love putting them all together and uh and, and taking I, I put a lot of hours and just sitting there looking at what all of them look like like what's the dick and balls dude gonna really look like <laughs> if i combine it with the dude that shit the you know i wanted to see what they look like honestly <laughs> so uh yeah i really loved it honestly yeah like the all right so i'm gonna push back again i think this game gets pretty hard in the last like third of it especially the boss fights because the boss fights get kind of puzzly and you do have to have, I, in my opinion, you have to have certain things ready for it. So like 
people playing again you if you've played a lot of jrpgs you may have the tendency to like disregard status effects and disregard certain buffs and stuff like that and in persona they're super super useful at least for me they felt like they're pretty much mandatory so like i think that the game does get hard unless you spend a ton of time uh grinding but the one thing that's cool is that that fusion system there it feels like there's a lot of like excel spreadsheet math behind this fusion system that like you'll never you'll never like puzzle this out on your own but they do do this they do give you an option to basically like you have all these personas in your inventory and it will give you a list of like all the possible results of any combination of the ones that you already have so you can like go in the menu and look and be like oh cool this one looks cool this one has some cool uh moves this one's a few levels higher and here are the two that i need to fuse together to get it so you just choose your result basically instead of experimenting with like oh i combined the giant penis monster with the snowman and i got some garbage persona out of it and i'm sad now because i lost my oh, penis yes. monster uh, <laughs> so you you don't have to do that you can kind of go by result when you're doing those fusions or you can yeah, do what I did I and look up uh, what the higher level personas are yeah, and what you same, needed to exactly to fuse them. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I feel no shame, like because that's like like I said, I was strong enough to beat the game already. I just wanted to get as many personas as I could. I will backtrack and say, Dave, the reason the last uh, third of the game was super hard for you was because you weren't spending all your money on items. And I am one of those huge RPG advocates, like get as many fucking items as possible as yeah. many items as you can do not ever it run really the is. risk of more than being i've ever heard of, of running of running out like every you know we, i hope we can talk about the confidants but it, on the off chance that we don't talk about them like we will, Sai, we will. I, I think I, I think it's takumi like bro like once you unlock her whole like set of wares you become unstoppable like oh shit everybody in my party is like uh fucked up and it's my turn what do i do oh thankfully i have this like this uh elixir that'll completely cure everybody heal them all the way and give you all your magic back thank god i have 25 of them yeah well okay so first of all i like i said before i never felt like i didn't have enough items i just didn't grind so that i was 20 levels higher than uh, the opposition. I grinded a little bit, so I was like five levels higher. But a lot of the bosses, like even though I was at the right level or a little bit higher, the bosses and the enemies later in the game are really strong. They're resistant to a lot of different types of attacks. So like I needed to get into the strategy, but I did have enough items. But I, I don't think that this game's a cakewalk, especially later in the game. Yeah, the, the well, boss fights, I would, yeah. I would say that are, are admittedly are the... the probably one of the toughest parts for sure they like do the give a challenge and I, I, yeah i admit that expect i think one part is because you are again i think the 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 ease of it is the how they they have made things seamless they don't want you to have to be spending you know all your time in the in the battles in between but they still want you to enjoy them you know what i'm saying which i feel like they captured i enjoyed getting to fights without it feeling like you know eventually you're like oh man i try eventually you grind you want to skip some fights because you're like i've been doing it for three hours now i just want to get to a certain point and i can't do that because i've still got to fight because i've been going back and forth i got to fight another 15 mm -hmm. screens worth of enemies but in this like you always felt like the game was quick it always managed to get you to push you on and and again the the boss fights i did start to use all my abilities uh, to make sure. But one thing about it that I loved about it, a lot of games when it comes to using your abilities, so one reason I feel like you avoid it is because it is kind of a chore. It's like, is it worth 
using putting a shield on one of my characters uh, and then missing out on uh, that mass amount of damage or a heal or whatever the case is and mm -hmm. i can only put it on one person in this game they made it to where you're usually if you cast an ability it usually affects everyone in your party so it's like one person able to affect your entire party with something useful made it worth again seamless and and made it seem like okay it's worth hitting my entire party with a buff opposed to one character buffing one person it didn't seem like it's worth it in other games but yeah again the seamlessness of it and again like if you're not super over leveled, a lot of the later bosses will kill like half or most of your party in one hit if you don't put those full party buff, uh, buffs on, or like they'll or debuffs. Yeah, or yeah, and also agreed. debuff the enemies. Like uh, this is a, a thing that especially JRPGs are really bad about, where like you'll get status effects or debuffs, but bosses like are just not affected by anything, and I think that's really lame, and it makes those. Um, in the rare situations where you would want to use a status effect or a debuff like against a boss they're just like no fuck you you can't you can't use anything against bosses and True. Uh, persona 5 is not like that and i just before we move on like dave's original question to that he posed to me and errington was like did did you really get into the fusing of personas uh one of the confidants again are the twins that you meet when you're in the velvet room and what you get by becoming friends with them is more options when it comes to fusing your personas like you cannot get in-game personas unless you have like a full relationship with these two right. girls and um what i will say is you 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 it is absolutely necessary to fuse your personas and to try and get as many high-end ones as you can. Even if I'm grinding to level 99, that that does not mean that your personas are going to be that level by the right. end of it. Like It is very, very important that you pay attention to which ones you have because every level you're getting... 10 new ones and then adding them to fusions you have the possibility of up to 30 new personas it is absolutely necessary to do that i just wanted yes. to say that before we moved on from that specific uh point yeah, yeah. And one other thing i was going to say is that even though what diddy was saying is accurate you can get those items and you can again get the things that make it far easier uh he still had to put in the time to get that relationship uh, with right. her. So they find a way to to get your time. And one way or another, you're going to grind something. If it's not the battle system, uh, then you're grinding your time, your the social aspect of the game. Uh, so it's it's there's a, a grind in, in one way or another. And that's why I think it's so easy to, to, to get into the game is because if you don't enjoy the battle system grind, then you can enjoy the social side of it or whatever other aspect they offer. Um, like it, to, the many aspects of the game just makes it perfect. Yeah, for sure. And like, so when you're fusing personas together, there's a level cap, like you can't create a persona that's a higher level than your player character. But if you become good friends with the twins, that removes that level cap. So you can, like, that was how I beat the game was I looked in a guide for how to get like, you know, those high level, like 90 plus level personas. And that was how I beat the game. And like, um, you guys talked about the designs and like the inspirations for some of them before. And some of them are just like, you know, uh, Jack Frost is a, a popular one uh, that they make like, you know, plushy dolls and stuff out of. Uh, but some of them are like actual gods and stuff like that. And so like one of the late game personas that I used that like basically carried my team was Satan, actually, just yep, level same. 96 Satan or something like that. Just fucking up all the end game enemies. <laughs> <Just a> beast. <laughs> yeah. So you are uh, you're tame, taming these like gods from all these cultures and stuff like that uh, to be on your team 
And and I think again one of the unheralded I I don't remember his name but there's a confidant you have where he's like a low level politician if you completely yep. max yep. out your friendship with him he allows you to catch personas that are higher level than you which before I got bored uh with the with the grinding and I decided to do like the little hack the game had to just max me out super quickly like that was the best thing I had because I could roll into mementos I could go to any level and if I like played my cards right in battle I could catch persona 20 levels higher than me if i wanted to you know it's 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 really crazy how those things like have impacts on everything else you're doing in the game right so let's take a a little music break when we come back we're going to get into the story setup of persona 5 and then the kind of game loop that you're going through throughout the game Right, so story in Persona 5 begins in the middle of a Phantom Thief heist. You're in this casino, you're making this um, escape, and your main character, Joker, uh, who is in Super Smash Brothers, that's how I kind of experienced him before playing the game, I think, or like very, very close to the same time as when I played. Joker is set up and he is apprehended while uh, his friends escape. And you have these characters coming in on the radio. You have no idea who they are yet, but uh, Joker gets arrested. He's taken to jail and then you are taken back in time. And uh, you have this, um, I think you have a scene in an interrogation room with the uh, prosecutor and uh, you're taken back to the past before this casino heist gone wrong before this timeline with the prosecutor. Uh, Throughout the game, you'll have these scenes in this interrogation room. So, like, you know at the beginning of the game, Joker got caught. He's in an interrogation room, but it's kind of told non-linearly. Like, you're you're playing through the timeline, and then it will jump forward in time to this interrogation thing. And then the the storylines will catch up with each other at some point, yada, yada, yada. So, anyway... When you go back to the beginning, you are a high school student. You see this cutscene where um, there is a, a man uh, about to like sexually assault a woman. Uh, your character intervenes, but it turns out this man is very powerful uh, influence-wise. Uh, he gets you arrested, framed for a crime, and the kind of weird setup. Like you, you're expelled from your school, and they send you to Tokyo to like you know away from all the distractions where i I feel like tokyo would be the worst place to go if you're some (laughs) high profile criminal very tokyo drip vibes it is very fast very ludicrous vibes vibes, yeah so anyway (laughs) you're you're sent to tokyo and you are set up at this academy um and you meet a group of friends and the game kind of begins with this uh asshole volleyball coach slash teacher at the school uh, who is um, part of the backstories of a lot of your early party characters. And so you, the students are walking to school one day and this mysterious app 
uh, appears on their phone that allows them to traverse the metaverse, which is something that I'm very sad to say that uh, corporations and stuff are co-opting now that the idea of a metaverse, but a uh, supernatural realm uh, born from people's subconscious desires. And by entering the metaverse and these kind of mind palace type things, uh, the characters are able to uh, influence a change of heart in these bad people. So I won't go any further into like the type of people that we're getting into, but this is the setup for the story without any spoilers. What did you guys think of like this setup and how they uh, continue with it throughout the game? One of the, one of the, like the really, like one of the themes that resonate with me, even as like a, you know, a 33 year old man playing this game is like, okay. So the kind of the main concept but uh behind like what the phantom thieves which is what what they call the group of people or is what they call themselves uh they're they're influencing social change you, you yeah. know what i mean like the like they have their finger on the button to influence uh society uh by doing it through these like you know smaller uh, palaces of influential people who have the ability to you know change and in the first level it's small scale it's the high school this is the problem we have to deal with let's get this figured out and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger but i i i really like how i'm trying to i'm trying to sound like a douche here i i really like how like progressive like thematic structure of the game is where it's like you're a group of kids who are being brought down by the generation above you and you are 100% certain that you had to do this to influence the social change to make everything better for everybody. So with that, without getting into spoilers, like, you know, we're talking about how the, you know, the story in general, I really think it's cool that like behind the mask, uh, that it's, it's, it's really all about like influence and, and, and social change and like leaving that sort of impact on society and, you know, not themselves. Yeah, 100%. I definitely think that like the focus on adults that are fucking it up for everybody and like this like newfound power that your character group has in the game, like you you suddenly figure out like hey, we can actually change uh what these people are doing. We can actually make them see the error of their ways and stuff like that. And I think that's really cool. Uh one thing that I think is cool is that this game goes into some subjects that are not typical of JRPGs or, uh, as far as I know, Japanese games in general from what I've played. Persona is the only one that's kind of delved into this kind of stuff. Usually, you know, you when you think JRPGs, you're thinking of stuff like Dragon Quest or uh, Final Fantasy. You know, you're trying to stop Kefka from destroying the world. This is not the story setup that you have in Persona 5. It's a much more real-world thing. I mean, the game takes place in tokyo and if you've ever been to tokyo you'll recognize like they have fairly faithfully recreated what some of these uh, big landmarks or like tokyo neighborhoods are like and so this is not a like you know evil clown is trying to destroy the world in final fantasy 6 or um you know something like that this is a much more like real world story but you know it obviously goes into fantastical stuff uh yeah so i really like the like the the basic story setup of uh persona 5 and like without going into spoilers myself i do think that the story it goes in some 
somewhat predictable directions because of its genre, but I, I really love uh, the story, especially the royal content story. Yeah, I haven't got a chance to try the royal content personally, I, and I, I wish I had gotten a, t- a chance to. Um, but again, I still enjoyed what I got to play. But uh, it really could basically just feel like a modern day um, Robin Hood, like as far as social goes. You basically just kind yeah. of take the power out of the, the strong hand and putting it into the... <clears throat> Well, giving the power back to the people, essentially. Uh, and this, instead of it being money, really is just kind of like the socialist power, which really is represented well in, I feel like, in you know, that Japanese uh, aesthetic. Because uh, when it comes to, I mean, finance, money's power, but they're really about respect and um, and things like that. So, it, and holding over people, if you have it. Um, so, I feel like that was very much a, a t- uh, brought up here. Like you said, uh, expected in some points, again, because of what, again, if it's Robin, we've all seen that. Uh, but still, it was still a new way of approaching it for sure. And it's, it's relatable to every generation. Like every generation exactly. has, also. has that sort of like, Hey, fuck you, man. You just want us to not have fun. <laughs> and you want to sit up in your ivory tower, bro. And tell us what to do. Every generation has felt that at some point in their lives. And it was really like what connected me to a group of high schoolers. Cause you're talking to Aaron angle. Uh, hey, this is an anime about a Japanese high school uh, video game with like a giant penis monster. I'm like, well, yeah. okay, like the giant penis monster. <laughs> Everything cool. besides the penis monster, uh, exactly. Yep. <laughs> right, <I'm> just, <laughs> everything else, I'm out. But uh, again, like that's what was able to connect me to these characters, especially in a medium that I don't care about at all, is because the message is something that every person in their life understands, regardless of whether or not they grow out of it. And you know, like if you can connect somebody my age to a story that I feel like is overtly sexual to like 16 year olds. Like if you, if you can like get me in on that and like what they're doing, like you, you know, you're doing a good job and you know, I can only praise that. Yeah. I definitely think that like, no matter your age, we, well, us recording this podcast and I would assume everyone listening to this is in a position where like there are things happening in the world that you don't like but you literally do not have the power to do anything about it. And yes. in Persona, these characters do have the power to do something about it. And so they you know, take this responsibility upon themselves to do uh, what they can. And um, you know, sometimes it works out for them. Sometimes it doesn't, obviously. And uh, throughout a 120-hour game, there's a lot of story twists and turns uh, for that role in particular. There is some, um, like, there is too much sexuality in this game, I think, due to the fact that these are high schoolers that are uh, the main characters in here. Some of it is used thematically very well in the story. Some of it is just like, um, we're going to have this scene where all of these high school girls are in bikinis (laughs) and we're going to make them look very sexy. Uh, And uh, there's a lot of that. And especially like, I don't know. Which is more acceptable in their culture, to be honest, but yeah, it, for for me personally, as a especially as a high school teacher, when I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, gross, yeah, a little on, cringy, man. yeah, rough. It is a little yeah. cringy. She's, she's she's you know she's seventeen. Like, come on, there there are plenty of adults in the game if you want to put them in bikinis. That's Some cool. of them are like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, exactly. I definitely think when it comes to that, I, I, one thing is there. It is sometimes you're like when you really think about the age, it's true. But I never feel like they they linger too long in any of those aspects to make it to where it's just like sure. okay, this is getting uncomfortable. Uh, you're like okay, it is, you think about it, and then by the time you've thought about it, you're usually on to the next scene, which I could appreciate about it. 
And I'll say this: yeah. strikers gets weird. Strikers <laughs> takes it. Again, though, can we, really the, the culture, the Japanese culture, they they have no problem when it comes to the anime side of things. They get weird real quick. So again, yeah. it is kind of part of that culture, um, uh, especially when it comes to like the like the schoolgirl thing. Uh, but again, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just cool from my experience, and you know, not not just the schoolgirl thing. There are adults that also want to have sex with the main character, who is like a 16 or 17 oh year old boy. Yeah, uh, yeah so true. they're. There's a, there's lo- a relationship there's a lot going even, like both a, ways, you know, like yeah, the doctor and stuff. And, you know, the main character is yeah. like, she's like, uh, why don't we go in the back room? You know, and uh, the main character is like, ma'am, I'm 15. So. <laughs> right. No, I was like, let's do it. Because Eric is oh, totally right. There's like that. a 20. She went to medical school. She's a doctor. She's 26 minimum. And she's like, yeah. minimum. what up, joke? Yeah. Or, um your your teacher who has a storyline where she's right. like a, a, a call to the Kawakami. house made. Yeah, yeah. The one and they she can, she can yeah. bring attention to the fact that there is a difference in age. I'm your teacher, and, uh, and your boy, you could literally respond with, "I don't care." Yeah, right. <laughs> and, which, I, which I did. That's the fun of they it. At least like, they at least comment on it a little bit. But the game, so like they they're aware that some of these things are weird, but yes. it there's a lot of uh yeah sexuality uh with like teenagers uh and again some of the story content uh, does that very well. They handle it in an interesting way um, in a way that like serves the story some of it is just like you know this is a cultural thing we're going to have a scene with all these 16 year olds in bikinis so anyway um <laughs> yes the main character is a uh, you can make a custom name for your character so i named mine rolando which is my uh, go-to name because i i picked it for a character like 10 10 years ago and i, I can't think of new character names all my Dark Souls <laughs> characters are Rolando or Rolandito or something like that. I dig that, though. But they call your character Joker. That's his code name. Uh, interesting, the canon name for the main character is Akira Kurusu or Ren Amamiya, depending on which uh, you call him Ren. Read. Do they? They call him Ren in the game sometimes. Yeah, it's, I thought it was just like one of those like titles that i didn't understand but yeah, oh, they, yeah. they call they call joker that a couple times <laughs> angleson <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm not i'm not gonna do this yeah but, so yes. anyway um <laughs> that is to. your main character you give them a custom name but they will be referred to as joker uh there are nine other playable characters in your party in the royal version i'm not sure about the base game how many of those characters actually become party members uh but the thing about your party members is you can only have four uh, in the main party at once and you um, you have to switch them out and they all have different battle strengths and weaknesses, especially with elemental attacks or like uh, Morgana, who's the cat, is more of a healing and support type character. Uh, Ryuji is like lightning and uh, physical attacks. So you will have to choose who's in your party based on like what you're going to come up against in the dungeons that you're going into. Um, there are other characters throughout the story that are your confidants, which we've talked about. And with your confidants, you're hanging out, talking, managing social relationships and stuff like that. Uh, and there is a, oh, there is a romance option for, most of the, I think it's only the girls in the game. I don't think you can it romance is. any of the boys. Y- yeah. y- no, you you can't you can't romance Yusuke right. no matter how much you want to. 
<laughs> no matter no matter how uh, how much you dig his uh, his koi boy aesthetic he, he, um, he's he's a good he's a good painter man I, yeah so anyway um what did you guys think of the uh, the main cast of characters in the party well like clearly like everything that is ingrained into my body is telling me i should hate all of these characters because they're anime characters but yeah. i liked them a whole lot the here's the real question is did you romance somebody and if you did who did you romance dave that, gotta is, know. that is true that's the most important question all right so let let this be known that i hate romance options in games and if it's an option mm. i will almost never do it never uh, but it, in uh in persona by the end of the game um i was like i should just do one and see what it looks like so i did it with on um yeah so i did it with on but i did not do it out of a love for romance options in games i think they're boring most of the time stardew valley fuck that. i'm not getting married i'm making a farm by myself you're you sound like a fucking fool right now first off on <laughs> organa had a crush on on like when you're gonna make your best best friend feel like shit like one you know he Morgana's is a cat mm-hmm. morgana can mm-hmm. get over it he's a cat literally a yeah, cat m- sure well, but that's your you're best not sure friend. at first yeah, it's true that's, just, that's you, a one from day one we don't, have to, we don't have to contextualize this okay so you picked on which means you hate your friends okay uh yes. you didn't marry anybody valley <laughs> which means I can't talk about it, but like, if yes. that's really weird to me. So I'm like, if there's a romance option, I'm automatically like, all right, who's the hottest and, and coolest. So I went, you'll I, talk about. I went Makoto like 100%. Like the way I looked at it with Makoto was like, well, you know what? Like she's really smart and she's got the ends with like a lot of city officials. Like this woman could take care of her. like, you know, so I went, I, I went Makoto. <laughs> a lot of the city officials. Very funny. But, Mikado, Makoto, I think it's Makoto. Makoto, uh, that's who yeah. I went with. Um, I was all about uh, baby girl, the the uh, uh, medical chick. Yeah. Uh, she, yeah. she the doctor. Me very, 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 very hard. Hard. Yeah. Like I, I, like I, said, I can't just ignore <laughs> white wood and some black boots. It's a, it's a, you know, like a, a toward like black. I'm sorry, I'm there every time. Bro, um, me either. Me, me either, bro. She got all I, the I, drugs I, you want. She's got all the drugs you want. Bruh. Like I said, she's, she's got a good all heart. the drugs, and she's going to be going to prison soon for statutory uh, rape. But hundred percent. Well, hold on, hold on, baby. Though the drugs keeping the lips locked. So I'm just saying, she feel like she's, <laughs> she's she's also got good decision making and good way of covering her tracks. So she's an intelligent woman, and she's about that life. So yeah, yeah I, I, I that's what I ended up going with. And it was tough for me not to just I actually be if I'm being completely honest, I ended up charming charming. You know, don't judge me, but yeah, several like six women. people. Yeah, if I'm yeah, going yeah. to give it a, and they literally come up saying, "Hey, you are in a relationship yeah. with a different woman," and I was just like, "Click, yeah. yep, thank you," and yeah, I will take that. Yeah. So, and that's um, the funny thing. Yeah, There's not, a scene on Valentine's Day where if you are more, if you are girlfriends with more than one person, it's like Valentine's Day comes around. It's like, who are you going to hang out with today? And then you hang out. You're like, I'm going to hang out with this chick. And then you're like, meet me at Sojuro's coffee shop. And then you go to the coffee shop and every girl you've been romancing the whole game that is your girlfriend shows up and they all yell at you. And like hey, Sojuro comes yeah. in he's like, hey, he's just a kid. He made a mistake. And they all like you again. It's real and weird. Then, but they all, and they then, uh, all confront. Uh, yeah, Sojuro's the goat. Then the yeah. uh, the curb your enthusiasm theme plays. One hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, that is like the basic story setup and like your character group. You have a, I I, th- I think the main cast of characters is very likable and they are pretty diverse. Even though 
um, oh, I don't know. Some of them get real stereotypy, tropey, like within yeah. anime and just Japanese games in general. Like that's one thing I was gonna say. I, I when like, you have that many, as many characters like all as of they them, have, but yeah, yeah. As many have as many characters as they have as options to play. I feel like it's kind of hard not to eventually just kind of hit a note of something that you've already seen before. Um, but one thing I did want to make mention because of that, actually, before we go, is just one thing I loved about the, I guess, battle system or the the flow of the game is that the fact that you could switch your uh, teammates out uh, pretty much at any time, kind of like a Final Fantasy X style, although you could do that like mid battle, and eventually yeah. there actually you could do that if uh, you you know um, you're, you built a relationship long enough with one of the strategists or one of the characters in the game, uh, you could have kind of switch your character out like in mid battle, which I loved uh, as well. Although with Joker, it kind of felt you know a little unnecessary, but there was times when maybe you ran out of mana, you just needed some help with an element you didn't have, or the case was it was nice to be able to yeah you, you know, needed a body at least yeah. after battle to be like okay well I see a lot of this element let me switch to this other character i ran out of mana health whatever the case is let me switch this to a backup it made it to where you were playing all the characters you didn't feel like there was just one set of characters for me that i just always playing although you know i played some more than others but i i usually would switch out to somebody else at at one point or another which again just helped me connect with all the characters at some point uh more than other games yeah and uh one thing that's really good just a quick mention quality of life thing from modern turn-based rpg is that if characters are not in the active battling party they still get experience which is which is nice yeah like i've gone back and tried to play like some old pokemon games and it's like you know the one that's not actually fighting doesn't get experience and i'm like ah jesus why (laughs) why is the grind i need magic that's where the grind started for me though bro the pokemon games they brought it out of it yeah so (laughs) and there is a confidant Let's your characters gain more experience when they're not in your party. Yeah, there is. So, yes. Anyway, uh, music break. When we come back, we're going to talk about we've been mentioning confidants and stuff like that. So we're going to talk about what it's like to like play the game and the two halves of it, which are the life sim and then the uh, palace, the dungeons. Uh, so we will be back. Two parts of Persona 5 are starting with the life sim, uh, where you have a uh, an actual calendar that you're working through in the game. So, like, you you'll often you'll you'll meet a villain, you'll decide you're going to infiltrate their palace and uh, change their give them a change of heart, basically, and it will say like you have 28 days to prepare to go in and do this. So you're doing this kind of management thing where you're like you need to manage your time well you need to use it well so like you're not going to be in the palace every day so what you're doing during that time is this life sim stuff which uh is 
where you can go around uh, and hang out with your confidants, your party members, or other characters like the doctor or Sojiro, the coffee shop owner. Or you can do all kinds of other activities like um, eating in restaurants, studying, going to the sauna, uh, doing laundry. Um, All of these things will either build up social skills, uh, which are important, like your characters rated on their intelligence, their, um, how I forget their passion, their guts, charisma. Uh, yeah. Charisma, um, stuff knowledge. like that. So these other activities will, you, so you need to pick, basically you need to choose. Do I spend time hanging out with my, uh, party members or confidants and like level up our social bond? Or do I do other stuff to level up my, uh, personal character skills or, uh, do I want to get a job, make some extra money? Do I want to go do mini games like play pool or darts and stuff like that? Or do I want to go into mementos and explore there and grind? Uh, so let me ask you guys, like, what did you most often do, uh, during this? Or what do you like, feel like you prioritized during this life sim stuff? So like I 100% prioritize like my relationships with characters and the one thing that I wish I would have done more is prioritize my relationship with my battle members like my actual party members cuz the more the 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 higher your social score goes with your party members the more powers it unlocks with them in battle like Dave talks about the baton pass you can't actually use the baton pass until you have a high enough level with these characters and every other level i believe it uh it it gives the uh, yeah. uh party member like a new power right yeah uh, one thing I, I yeah and one thing i did a lot of outside of that was i went to the gym uh there's a certain store in the game where you can buy pro, uh, like a protein shake or something like that and uh, if you go to the gym and you work out as part of like your daily routine like let's say that's the thing you pick for the day it raises your hit points by like one or two but if you have this protein shake and you go to the gym and you drink the protein shake before you work out it raises it by like plus three so i obviously have a ton of money because i'm the money boy <laughs> i put guns in people's faces and i take their money Uh, I would just, I I went and bought 99 protein every day. I would go to the gym and it would raise my hit points by five every single game. And, and I think hit points are, you know, the, the, the SP, the, the mana is like what's actually important. But to me, like if I'm playing RPG, the more hit points, the better I was in the gym almost every fucking day. And uh, one really cool thing is one of the confidants, your teacher, uh, if you max out your level with her, when you go into mementos or you go into a palace, when you come home at nighttime, you can't do anything at nighttime because you're like too tired or whatever. Uh, One thing Kawakami does for you is that when you come back from mementos or you come back from a palace, you can do something at nighttime. Like she gives you like a massage or something and it gives you energy to Again, go out. And this is, this is your homeroom teacher at school coming over to give you a massage. He is an adult and you are not. And she's wearing she's a maid outfit. But like, if I'm giving that option, I get one more thing to do at night. I go to the gym, five more hit points. You do that over the course of like four months, you probably have, 1200 more hit points than you would if you never would have done it so like there, there there's dave's right there's there's a lot of different things you can do and the most if i could give anybody any advice that's going to pick up this game it's to really like look into your relationships with your uh party members because that gives you the biggest advantage but the the hit points thing man that was what i was like oh i get free hit points just by going here i'm in yeah and I, i'm one who's always been one about balance so i'm just I'm always trying to do a little bit of everything. I like to experience at least a little bit of everything. And then, you know, some things, if I 
I weigh their importance and then kind of, you know, put a little more effort into them. And I do agree that I wish I had just decided to put a little more effort into my, my battle members. Um, because again, what the biggest thing is he's right. It does make it really, it makes them way stronger. So when you get your personas, when you get them, if you decide to fuse them, if, if they're in alignment with like one of their, your confidants, like they get like a certain, that's uh, just like astrological sign essentially uh, assigned to them. And if the persona matches that, then you get like a huge bonus when you, you bring when you fuse them. So you can get, you know, give one of your personas like 10, 15 levels, 20 levels of bonus just by fusing them because of that. So there's a lot of little tiny things you can do to really, uh, again, just personalize your style. You can really put a lot of time into the game. It's so easy to put so much time in the game. It's It really is so simple uh, because you can get to each aspect. But again, I, I spend most of my time just doing a little bit of everything. Um, I got... At least one confident up to like you know max level. Uh, one of my homies at least max level, and it, it, like you know I, I, I kept it like that for the most part. But uh, I do agree. I wish I had folks a little more on my battle battle members because um, mainly I would like to see what their 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 final persona form looked like. Um, but they are just incredibly helpful. Yeah. So I'm totally with you. I also wish that I spent more time leveling up social bonds with the actual party members. Uh, so. What I did is uh, there's this restaurant in town, this burger place that has this eating challenge. And this, so like during the day, (laughs) it's broken up into like morning, lunchtime, and evening. Usually morning and lunchtime are taken up by going to school. So after school, you can choose like one thing that you want to do. Or like uh, maybe, maybe there's a nighttime also. So it's like maximum one thing or two things you can do on most days. So I... There was something in the game. Uh, So doing this burger challenge raises your guts skill. And there was something in the game where I needed a high guts skill in order to do it. And it was like a, you know, a side shop or something like that. And I like got in my head. It's the gun store. It's the gun store. And like, I got in my head, that sounds cool. I need to raise my guts score. So I went to this burger place like probably like 50 times throughout the game. And I like maxed that place out. I ate the giant burger uh, throughout uh, the course of the entire game, raising that gut score. And instead of spending time leveling up my party members, that's what I did a lot of times. And I kind of regret doing that because leveling up your party members fully evolves their persona. If you max it out and they, there's a couple of them. Um, there's one, I'm not going to say who they are, because uh, it's a spoiler, but there is, you do get a kind of like operator in your ear as you're doing these palace infiltrations, and they're one of your party members. Maxing them out gives you like a huge boost in battle, very, very helpful uh, battle skill, but I didn't do it. And it like by the time I found out about it, it was way too late. Um, so I think working a job is a waste of time. Uh, I don't think you should ever do that. 100%. I think you should. I think you should always be focusing on leveling up a character that wants to hang out, like a social skill. Uh, there And there are some of them that are really, really useful. In fact, most of them are really, really useful. But the key is that if you're listening to this, you can't do everything, not even close. You won't be able to max out all of your party members. You won't be able to max out all of your extra confidants. Not even close. So you have to prioritize what you think is going to be helpful or do what I did about 60% through the game and look at a guide for like, uh, what should I be focusing on? Uh, I've said on the show before, I play with guides. I feel no shame in it. It helps me enjoy the game more. So do the same thing. Be like me. 
Look at a guide because uh, it will help you. The other thing uh, that you can do in your free time, which we've mentioned several times, is going into mementos, which is you have these big palaces. They're your dungeons, which are like the subconscious of one particular powerful individual. Mementos is the collective subconscious of the city of Tokyo. And it's a basic, uh, it's a dungeon. You can go into it at any time. And that's where you can grind. You can catch new personas. You can uh, do side quests down there. Uh, A lot of the side quests have interesting little stories. They all equate to like go into mementos and kill this thing. But the kind of stories and like the personal stories that are told through there are pretty good, which is like, if your side quest isn't going to be super interesting, at least make the flavor text interesting. And I think they do a decent job of that here. Uh, but like Aaron said, if you go into mementos, then you can't do anything the rest of that day because your character will be too tired and you have to call your adult high school teacher over to come give you a massage or <laughs> <laughs> you can um, you can read a book in the cafe. But yeah, so like... We've talked about Mementos. I don't want to go into it a lot. Aaron and Ryan did a lot of grinding in there. In Royal, yes. uh, Persona 5 Royal, you can just run over the enemies with the car and you automatically win if you're higher level and you automatically catch Personas by doing that. Uh, so going into Mementos is worth your time, uh, probably a couple times a month, I would say, to just do a little grinding, do your side quests, and then Mementos is necessary for the main story later. So you do want to keep going deeper and deeper as long as your party can handle it. So what I want to say about this, this life sim thing though, and like get your guys thoughts is you, you only have a certain amount of things to do uh, or that you can do. And you have a huge list of things uh, that you like, can choose from, but you only have a a limited amount of time. And for me, this set up like an extremely addicting, like I have four things that I want to do, but I only have time for two of them today. So I'm going to do these two today. Tomorrow, I'm going to have four different things that I want to do, but I only have room for one of them. And it sets up this really addictive, like one more day, then I'm going to go to bed type of game. Um, And I want to know if you guys had that same experience. Yeah, hardcore. Oh, yeah, like 100%. And, you know, we've talked about it a lot. Like, that's why it's easy to drop, you know, 120 hours, like, fucking minimum into the game, dude. I Let, let me ask you this, Dave. Was there, you know, we talked about, you know, what, what you did. Was there anything that you just, like, straight up, like, ignored? Like, that was an option of yours? Like, I ignored the batting cages. Yeah. I, I, I never did them. Uh, I did it one time. I found the game kind of a. I found it kind of fucking annoying and hard, and everybody knows when Aaron Angle finds something even slightly difficult, he completely throws it away and never tries it again. Um, even though, like when I would read later on in guides, that it's actually one of the more useful things you can do. So, was there anything that you that were just like, no, I'm not doing that, or like a confidant that you were like, no, I'm not going to build a relationship with them that you were just like, nah, I have other things to focus on. Yes. So like I I worked at the convenience store one day and I saw it was like, okay, here's your, you know, 800 yen. (laughs) Here's your $2. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a colossal waste of time. I'm never doing that again. So there, so the, the, some (laughs) jobs you have 
do raise like your social skills. Like I think like working at a flower shop raises your charm. And I think working at the bar raises your guts. So like to that degree, they are useful. But if you're like, okay, I need to make some money. I need to get a job. You're wrong. You have a gun. Go use it. Yes. By far more useful. I ignored getting a job. Um, There are a couple of confidants that I ignored uh, because I was like, that person sucks. I don't want to hang out with them. And uh, people, I'll just say this now, I was saving it for later, but like people playing Persona 5 Royal, which I think you should play, there are some confidants that you have to level up their social bond or you will miss the new Royal content, which I think is horrible game design. I think it's bullshit. Yeah, that is. So if you're playing Royal, please look in a guide for how to get the Royal content unlocked because it unlocks at the end of the main game. And I would have been so pissed if I played 120 hours or 100 hours of a game and it was like, oh, you didn't max out this character's social bonds, even though they're an annoying piece of shit. So you don't (laughs) get to play the Royal content. Yeah. Uh, So yeah. Uh, please yeah, look in a guide. I'm not going to, I'll save it for the spoiler section, but like, oh, I would have been pissed if I missed the Royal content because of that. Yeah, fair. That is kind of a flaw design. Yeah. It's bullshit. Like straight up bullshit. Why the fuck would you put extra content at the end of a 100 hour game and then make it so easy to miss? Because like yeah. one of the characters that you have to level up, one of the characters that you have to level up is not cool. You don't want to yeah. hang out with them. So, um, yeah, anyway, I didn't get a job. I didn't hang out with that character until I had to. Uh, I didn't do the batting cages either because the minigame sucks. Uh, it the sucks. Pool, the it pool and tough. darts minigames are pretty good. I enjoyed those, but Same. especially darts. Um, but, yeah. What about you, uh, Ryan? Yeah, as far as the, the time spent uh, socially, the things that I did, I, I had a couple times where it was found a little tough to, to decide what I was going to do. Uh, but... I, I messed with the batting cages a little bit. Again, if I needed it to get a, a specific trade up, I think was that guts for the for the batting cages. I don't know. I failed the first time and never got anything. Never yeah, I used it specifically for its purpose, which is to get to kind of get my guts up, and I never went back again once I completed it. I took it very personal I that eating, I, I was I, eating those I burgers. Tried. <laughs> yeah, I get the burger style too. I had, to, burger. I had to make sure I got that one. So yeah, like I said, I usually try to you know make a, a web balanced effort to experience at least everything once at some point or another. Um, but I'd say I'd spent the most time. Uh, it's tough. I, it just I literally probably doing socializing between everyone. Like I said, I wish I had focused more on my battle members, but I was literally always just trying to build a relationship to see what like the perks I could get from them. You know what I'm saying? I was always curious. What's what ability are they going to be able to provide if I get them to level five or what are the cases? So I, 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 I wish after hearing you guys mentioned it several times, now, I wish I'd looked at a guide as well, but I did not. It Well, and Dave said this earlier. It's important to realize like you cannot do everything. Right. And I yeah. wish I would have known that going in. Cause like, you know, when I play a video game, I'm like, Hey, first playthrough, I should be able to do everything. And this goes back to me saying like, that's where the replayability comes from. It's like, if you really are one of those kinds of people who wants to play that, it's just, to me, it's, it's, it's too long. I can't go back and replay it like that. No, absolutely uh, not. Yeah. But that, that's kind of the, again, another piece of advice I would give you is like, look at a guide, think about your play style, which ones are important to you do that ignore the others because like stry i'm with you man i like to be a little bit balanced when i play everything too just in case i run into a situation i may have something that'll help me here but straight the fuck up like in this game like 
yeah, ma- max out what you think is important and ignore the things that you don't because like balancing is I'm not shitting on you, Stry. It's not no. the greatest idea in this. It's not game. the most it's efficient. What are, what, yeah. Yeah. What are your strengths? Agreed. Build those confidants and then go from there. Cause if you just balance everything, like it's not like you can't beat the game, but you find less enjoyment in it because what you uh, eventually realize is you're like, well, I thought I could do everything in the game. I can't, I've balanced myself the whole time. Now I can't experience end game shit for any of these things I've been building right. towards. Yep. Spread yourself too thin. Right. So the other half of your kind of calendar in the game is you're preparing for these dungeon palace uh, infiltrations, as they call them, in the game. And so, like you said, we'll, we'll be looking at a month on the calendar and it will have a date circled. It's usually, you know, 20 days or 28 days in the future to get ready to uh, steal this person's treasure and influence a change of heart. Uh, what I really like about these is that you can go there any day you want and they are well i don't love that they're super super long like they're they take a couple hours at least uh they're long uh dungeons but what i do like is that the game is set up and it it's pushing you to tackle them in chunks and not try to do it all in the same uh attempt i think it's probably possible to get all the way to the treasure in one go and i did that for a couple of the dungeons but there is a um unless you have a thousand items you are going to run out of magic points at some at some point and uh you are i mean frankly you're probably going to get tired of doing the palace for that day so they have lots of um like checkpoints where if you get to a certain part in the dungeon you can start from that point the next time you don't have to do the whole thing and the game is basically telling you this is a huge dungeon do not try to do it all at the same time so like i i wonder what you guys did i tended to beat the dungeons in two attempts to get to the treasure and then on the last day is the day you actually go and you fight the boss so it was basically i broke them up into halves and i wonder how you guys approached those I usually would just push as hard as I can the very first time I got into uh, the very first day. I'm pushing in there and getting as close as I can to the treasure or as far as I possibly can. And that way I could enjoy uh, and take my time with the social aspects of the game. Um, so I had, you know, basically my entire, uh, not to get too much into um, timeline that I had that gave you, uh, I had spent the entire time being able to do whatever I wanted. So I didn't feel pressed. And then, you know, last few days I would go in and, and finish off normally. But I would usually do the best I could to get as close to uh, the end of the dungeon as I could my very first day of, of being able to access it. And then kind of, uh, yeah, just go from there and enjoy the rest of the aspects of the game while uh, I waited to, to finish it off. And that's the best way to go about it, man. Like, I didn't want any of my, excuse me, I didn't want any of my, like, social interactions to feel rushed. Like, that's my leisure time of the game. Uh I never waited till the last day because I was always so worried like it would like fuck up and be like, oh, like you came like one gotcha, day bitch. too late. Now you yeah. can't finish. Right. Exactly, dude. But I, I'm 100 percent with you, Stry. Like I, I would go and try and get as much of it done as I could on the first day, first two days, and then spend like three weeks like just hanging out with people before I decided to go back. Yeah, you can kind of tackle it that way, too. So. 
Yeah, I I think I always went into the dungeon on the first day and tried to get as far as I could. Some of them are like legit, like too long to do in one go. Some of them will actually kick you out in the middle and they won't let you do everything in one go. So um, I did go back in. um, Always try to get as far as you can, obviously, but like do know that these are really long and they're, they're designed to be tackled in chunks. So as you're going through the dungeon... Uh, you are using a lot of stealth mechanics because there's a lot of enemies uh, in the dungeons. And what you can do is there is like a stealth, you know, hide behind objects and try to get a sneak attack. And if you're able to do that, you get a free turn. You Like an ambush works in in most uh, JRPGs. And that's uh, very, very helpful. There's also a security meter because you are infiltrating these places. And if enemies see you, uh, they will alert security if the meter gets too high. That was never, ever a problem for me. Like, not even close. And because, uh, like, it's not hard to stealth around and get these sneak attacks. And then once you make it to the end of the dungeon, your characters will identify this uh, treasure. You have to go back later after the Phantom Thieves, you know, uh, give their calling card to the person who are they are trying to change and then you fight the boss. And we've talked about the bosses a little bit already, so I'm not going to go too deep into them. All the bosses have gimmicks. They're all a, a spectacle in different ways. And they're all more puzzly than a, you know, a Final Fantasy boss uh, might be. There's always a, like, I think there's always a strategy and a new kind of mechanic for each boss fight for how to fight them. So I thought some of them were really fun. I thought some of them were bullshit, actually. There's one that's on an actual time limit, and it sucks really hard. Uh, but I thought a lot of them are at least cool-looking, and some of the bosses at the end were really fun to fight. As far as bosses go, um, that was honestly kind of like a game day for me. Uh, you know, it made <laughs> you use everything at your disposal, usually for your uh, as far as abilities go, which is why I really enjoyed Um and honestly, they always had like some kind of kill mechanic where if you didn't take it serious enough, it would catch you slipping and it would it, you would die. So it was easy to you know die maybe on a boss once just because you weren't paying enough attention. You were just taking a little too uh, too lax, uh, which I appreciated. Again, I didn't find myself at any point just going like, Jesus, I'm getting absolutely dominated. But uh, there were times like, oh, okay, gosh, I, I need to take this a little more serious, So, which I appreciated. It's what I was expecting and... It gave me enough challenge where I didn't feel like the game was just too easy, where I just didn't enjoy the battle. Because if you get battles, it is literally just too easy. And again, it just becomes like basically playing against uh, bots. But, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think they did a good job of and adding the mechanics in, like you said, to add a little elemental puzzle to it. Um, at least forced you in some way. Like even if you're really strong, you at least had to deal with the, the boss in some way. Yeah, and they, they're introducing mechanics um like special mechanics for that boss fight, but they're, they're often also testing you on mechanics from the, the regular fights, but kind of in a different way than the actual, the regular fights are testing you on those things. So like, you can't like, I don't know, you can't like knock down a boss and tell the boss to give you money or something like that. (laughs) That's not the end goal for it, but they are testing you on, (laughs) they are testing you on like, do you understand, uh, how the combat system works and there like i said there's one boss in particular that is like 
you have to have the combat system mastered and able to do it in this uh, time limit. I think that sucks really hard, but the ones that are not on a time limit are uh, really good. So I've never been a time limit guy. And that's one thing I'll say about that. I know that was the first to say, like, there's kind of a time limit to the game. And uh, actually, that's one of the things that kept me from playing. Uh, what is the this other one right after uh, Majora's Mask? It's one of the things right after playing, uh, when, uh, uh, excuse me, um, Ocarina of Time that kept me from playing Majora's Mask is there was just like a slight time element that made me feel a little anxious. I was like, I just don't like feel like I'm on, on, a, on a tight schedule. And the game, once you get into it, you, you realize that, it doesn't really make you feel too anxious. You do have time to really at least enjoy the aspects um, while also obviously there's certain, you can't do everything at the same time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely don't want anybody to shy away if you, if you have that issue of feeling like you're on the time constraint, cause they do an excellent job of pacing it uh, and making it feel comfortable. They're pretty good. And like, you know, the time limit things only in one of them. So let's move on. And we're going to take a little music break here. We're going to get back with our final thoughts about Persona 5 and for me, Persona 5 Royal, and then uh, spoiler time at the end. So time for final thoughts and giving our kind of like summary opinions for people who haven't played Persona 5 or, I mean, people who have played, of course, too. But uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. What do you want people to know about uh, Persona 5? Don't make the same mistake I did. Don't allow the initial <laughs> aesthetic. If it just, you know, if it doesn't catch your attention, just purely by looking at it from the outside, give the game a shot. Uh, if you're into the genre at all, uh, if not, then I, I think you will be surely, surely missing out as I did. Okay. Aaron, how about you? Well, I, I would say if you're just, uh, I'll keep this short. If you're a fan of like, uh, JRPGs, it is arguably the best one ever made. I think Final Fantasy seven and six, and maybe even tactics have much better stories and really fun battle systems. But if you want to look at like mechanically the greatest JRPG, I think that has ever been made. It's persona five. If that's something you even might seemingly be interested in, you have to play it because it's, it's just it's one of those games that I haven't played this game in like a year and a half and I'm able to still talk about it legibly like it, it's it is worth your while if you're into something like that yep um for me this is a uh, pantheon level JRPG like it's if we were to do a top three JRPGs I think this is a very yes. strong contender like i don't know if it's like a shoe in for the list because i have a lot of like sentimental attachment to a lot of older jrpgs but like objectively this is modernizing jrpgs and turn-based combat in a way that like i think the genre really really needed so this is among the best at the top of the mountain for sure and uh again like turn-based combat is something that like the older games that have turn-based combat can get 
boring, like straight up. And the combat and Persona 5 in general is never, ever boring. It's a long ass game, but the hours just melted away while I was playing it. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I know you said like you like the stories in a lot of the older games. I really loved the, not like the, the story itself, I don't think is like a, a great, great, you know, top of the line story, but it is good. And the, the cast of characters I think is really good. And their, their group dynamic is really awesome too. The way that they care about each other and stuff like that. So this is uh, a, an easy recommendation, like for people who already like JRPGs, this is like a, you have to play this, you know, this is one of the best in the genre. If you love the genre for people who don't love JRPGs, uh, I think this would be a good first JRPG because it's, it's kind of a slow burn introducing mechanics to you as you go. And it's kind of easy to like get the hang of what it's doing, but it is really fucking long. So like we talked about it. I think that it earns its length. But if you're the type of person who is like, I don't have time or the attention to play a 120 hour game, then don't play this because I don't think it's going to change your mind. It is still, like we said, the hours kind of fly by, but they are still real hours of your life that's going by. So like, if you don't have a lot of time to play games, this is probably not a great game for you because it, it, it just is so goddamn long, you know, unless you want to play it stretched out over like a long period of time. So, uh, but again, if you have the time, that's the one qualification. If you have the time, Persona 5 is uh, best in class in a lot of ways. So thank you for listening. If you're going to tap out now because you wish to avoid spoilers, and if you want to support Tales from the Backlog, please subscribe. If you haven't already on your platform of choice, leave a rating and review to help me fight against the algorithms. And spread the good word. Tell people that there's a podcast that you enjoy. And um, if they decide to cut you out of their life for recommending things like I have done to Aaron, I only talk to Aaron when he's on recordings with me. I don't talk to him anymore because he recommended too many things to me. But if that happens, it's worth it. And I appreciate the good work that you do. Me and Aaron also do a podcast called A Top 3 Podcast, where we pick a topic, we pick our top threes, and then we discuss with two other buddies of ours. That podcast is a good time. Uh, Ryan was a guest on an episode about top three video game sidekicks, which is one of our more popular episodes. So I attribute that all to you, Ryan. And uh, it's all that Cortana talk. Very hot. And... uh, Before we uh, kick into spoiler time, um, I do want to say uh, once again, thank you everybody for listening. And we are going to take a music break. When we come back, we're going to talk spoilers for Persona 5. Both 
I am back with Aaron and Ryan talking spoilers for Persona 5. I am not going to get into a big story breakdown. Uh, That is not something that I do often on the show. Only games that have super special story moments for me really like get that thing. Like Disco Elysium was one that I, I had to talk about the story. This story goes, as you might expect, for a long time. We go through adults that are doing some fucked up shit. I do want to get your guys' opinion, though, on, like, the game starts out with Kamoshida, who is physically and sexually abusing students, which is a very heavy subject, especially for a JRPG. Do you guys think that the game continues carrying, like, that kind of, like, theme of, like, adults doing fucked up things and the, like, students being able to, like, I don't know, fight against all of the oppressions that are going on through society? Like, do you think the game does a good job of social commentary, if we can put it that way? I think it does a fine social commentary for something that, for all intents and purposes, is like watching through, a te- like, an episode of an anime. Like, right? Like, obviously... I think that Ryuji can be very problematic in situations where he is forced to deal with these things up front. Uh, but I think overall the message is is it's 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 there. But at some point you have to like understand that like you're seeing this through the eyes of teenagers who aren't you know emotionally or mentally developed enough to actually legitimately be dealing with these things on a non emotional level. Uh, so what I would say is like yes. They, they, they do a good job of like getting those points across as to like what you should be caring about. And most of these things are, 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 are noble causes, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, this is a, a, a game that inspires something along those lines. Social change. Yeah. Right, right. Right. Exactly. It's they, they, they talk about it. They react to it very much. How I would, how I would imagine teenagers reacting to it. Right. Yep. That being said, it's a it's 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 a it's 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 an anime, dude. It's 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 weird. That's just how things <laughs> like this go. And I don't want to get into full on hate mode about that whole thing. But like, yeah, I sure. mean, they do a better job than you know Call of Duty does. I, you know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I I think that he said it well. I think they do a fine job at it. I don't think they uh, break any new ground with it necessarily, but. You know, like I said, very cliche. As it's what you would expect from teenagers. You know, very much do goody. You know, I think they challenge it. I think they. I do think one thing they do good at is there's a character in there that really kind of challenges what the asks good questions. I should say, ask some very good questions when it comes to, I guess, being a, a devil's advocate when it comes to what the phantom thieves are, the, the group that in the game are called, uh, with their, their vigilantism, essentially. Uh, I think they do a good job at some points of having some, some asking some good questions uh, to kind of challenge you there. But again, I, overall, I think they do a fine job at, at, at that. Yeah, I, I think like, I actually think the game kind of shot itself in the foot. Like they, they have a really strong hook at the beginning when you're like, mm-hmm. oh, we're we're dealing with a, a teacher and a like a, a volleyball coach that's like sexually assaulting students. Like that yes. got me hooked into like, oh, they're going to be tackling some really like taboo topics or some like really, really important things. And then it's like after that, it's you go, you deal with a guy who's an art thief and a a crime boss and a greedy banker (laughs) and like a capitalist restaurant owner. And it's like, 
but I thought we were going to do like some actual social commentary. So like, right. I'm, I liked the first one. I thought it was uh, pretty good. And then they kind of abandoned that to go back into like, you know, regular evil adult stuff, you know, uh, like greedy banker. That's nobody's, you know, no one needs to play persona five to like get any kind of new perspective on like <laughs> stuff like that. You know? The bankers suck. Yeah. Yeah. For and, sure. And, and, but I, Everyone but knows. it's tattooed on his back what i will say before we like you know get away from this is i feel like something like that with kamashita and like the sexual and physical assault of students is a very good win you know and i know i said earlier that this this game is targeted towards younger audiences but that's just what i feel about anime it's a it's a very good tone setter that's like hey you have a group of teenagers who are dealing with adult shit when i flip the page how's it get bigger and okay, so when I flip the next page, how does that get bigger? So I, you're, 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 you're right. It definitely doesn't like set the. T- it definitely doesn't like, you know, go further on with uh, the, like that thematically. But it definitely does set the tone that like, okay, like this is a game where like there's serious shit going on, and you know they might they might went overboard for that being like the first thing and not really getting to anything much much worse than that. But what I will say is like I will give it credit. Like that was the moment I was like, holy shit, dude! Like what the fuck am I playing? Yeah, exactly. Oh, true. Good point. They do go into some interesting things after that because there's the one palace where um, Futaba has these like, uh, like, what's the word? Traumatic memories that she wants you to help her forget. And I think that's a cool idea for this kind of um, infiltrating people's mind palaces. Uh, But then after that, we get we go straight from Futaba to the uh, restaurant owner who treats his workers poorly. You know, so it's like, yay, we got him. They could have, they could have gone in some like very interesting places with these like palace ideas, but they didn't in the base game. In Royal, there is a very cool uh, idea that they're dealing with here. So let me, uh, well, actually, we'll, we'll kind of go to the, um, uh, like the ending sequence, which I, I don't think the ending thing is very good in the in persona where like i liked it more when you're infiltrating the palaces of the people and then you you get into this thing where like okay now you're infiltrating mementos and it's the collective conscious of the public that you're trying to change and i think that's cool but then it's like okay now you're gonna fight god because this is a jrpg you're fighting (laughs) literally fighting god um I it, as soon as it got into this and I was like you're going to fight god I was like okay all right like this this story should have ended 10 hours ago <laughs> it was at yeah. that point like earlier when I said they could have cut a few chapters out and it would have been fine I think they could have ended before you fight god and I think they could have cut out one of those like we're infiltrating the banker's palace or the um well Haru's dad I guess because it's part of her character uh, that was cool to be infiltrating a family member's palace, but true, yeah, I, being yeah, on the inside the, of that and having to deal with like the the aspects of being a part of the phantoms and then also getting like death threats was just like, oh damn, that's kind of yeah, and like it, it was cool and, to and have at the same time, like dude, like I was playing through an anime, like I ex- you ex- you have to like have that expectation that like 
when it comes to like the 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 climax of the story like it's it's gonna be something over the top like that right like jrpg that's jrpg one you fight god at the end you think that you're fighting a human enemy and then you have it eventually like you kill the human enemy and oh wait you're not done they're dead but you still have to fight god (laughs) cheeseburger next minute you're fighting god that's what it's like being a high school student in japan dave yeah i suppose i suppose i uh i suppose i don't know enough about that check your privilege and then like that whole storyline with um you like you fail in that fight against the holy grail which is like the collective treasure of the people and the people forget the phantom thieves and you like fade out of memory that was a cool ending but it could have been over once you you overcome that you fight the evil Igor, you fuse the two twins back together, then you go fight the Holy Grail and you win. It could have been over with that, if yeah. I'm remembering that correctly. Like you straight up do not need to fight God in this story. No, and what I, what I was 100% gonna say is like, you know, I, I I get where you're like, hey, we have to get rid of this one level, or like, hey, you know, the game could have been better off with that. Like, by the time I got to the end of the full game, like, I was clawing. Yeah. I was clawing for more playtime. Like, I, yeah. I didn't want this to end. So even, I like, the parts that I felt right, like, dude, so, like, even the parts that I felt were, like, over the top or stupid or it maybe didn't really even mesh with the story. I'm like, I don't care. You're giving me extra time to do other parts of the game that I really enjoy doing, whether it's the the social thing or like going to the gym and improving my shit. Like, uh, again, you say there wasn't like, it doesn't feel like you're on a time limit. I felt crunched for time the entire time I was fucking playing. And then when I looked up the guide as well to see what I should be doing at what X amount of point of game that I was through already, like I was like, oh damn, I fucked up. I don't have enough time to do all these things. So you know, whether or not it didn't mesh with like, you know, the story or it didn't make sense or it seemed a little over the top to me, I'm like, give me more days. I don't care. I I regret to this day, not playing Royale because that's an extra month. That's another semester at school. That's another palace. That's way more time to get these social things that I wanted to see whether or not they were going to be relevant to, you know, my end game or not. At at, at the end, I was falling for time. All right, so let me ask you guys a few questions about the base game uh, as it relates to Royal. So in the base game, do you have that point? Is Akechi a main character, the like the junior reporter guy in the main game? Yeah, he's the one I was talking about that continues to ask the right questions. Yeah, Akechi is the, he's the, he's the like junior, uh, like, cop. As News the, reporter, detective. He's the junior reporter yeah, yeah. in... Yeah, he's in that the, first. In the fucking head with no mercy. Right. Yeah, dude. But yeah, at the end no. he turns evil. Yeah. Right. So I was wondering if that happens in the in the base game. Yeah, you have to fight him eventually. And like actually like I hated him the whole game. So when it was time to like fight him, I was like, man, this man does not even know. I've been in Mementos for the last 16 hours of gameplay. <laughs> don't know <laughs> me. Dumb. Yeah. He think he do. Yeah. yeah look 100%. at him screaming and crying his whole life amounts to nothing because I was in Mementos while I went to bed this week. You fucking fool. So like, okay, so like that scene in the, because there's there's that ending where, um, or like this fake out ending where Akechi it comes into the interrogation room um, after Nijima leaves and he shoots Joker and he dies. Uh, and I 
like when I saw that, I was like, holy fuck, is this game going to end with like him just killing the Me main too. character or like is the main character dead and I'm going to have to like take the rest of the party through the rest of the game? Because that would be cool as shit. But they did like this fake out thing where they tricked Akechi into entering the metaverse without knowing. Uh, and so he kills a copy of Joker. Uh, but it was a cool fake out. Maybe I should have seen a fake out coming, but I was very wrapped up in the story. And like I've said before on the show and like just talking, you know, when I'm watching stories, I don't really like, um, I'm not analyzing the story or making predictions and stuff before or like while the story's happening. So like while this is going, I'm just in the moment, like, holy shit, Joker's dead. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and I'm, 100% with you like so when when he shoots Joker in the head I'm like okay clearly Joker's not dead he's the antagonist like or the protagonist right so but there was also a part of me that was like you know what would be really fucking cool is if Joker actually died and I have to play the rest of the game without this super saiyan on my fucking team like I, yeah. I agree that that was the very first thought I had. I was like holy shit what if the buildup of this whole it, it, like uh alright we're in spoiler territory like in Final Fantasy 7 when Eris dies Right, you're just oh like, my oh my god, god. I fucking crushed like that made an impact in my life forever. forever. And like, I think the, now the statute, <laughs> I think the statute of limitations on spoilers for Aerith dying is is way over. That you're shit right. came you're, out you're, like 25 right. years you're right. ago. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So anyway, uh, so Akechi is a main character in the game. Uh, the school counselor is he a main character in the base game or like an important character or is he just a dude? Is he even there? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I see. I see I what you're saying. So, so w- w- which character are you referring to? Kamashita? No, there's the school counselor. His name's Maruki. No, he's a, a actual counselor. Uh, I okay. don't well, recall the, that character. Makoto is like the like is like the. No, she's like the student council student president. To- but I'm right. talking and about that's, like a, a, like a psychologist. That yeah, that, I don't... Okay. No, she's the one that they go to in that one. Okay, and then the other character is Kasumi, who is the uh, the gymnast. She's younger than you. She calls you senpai the whole game. No. Um, no, I would remember that now. You definitely okay. remember that. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, so this is what's going on in Royal, and it's it's very, very cool, and they pull out a bunch of cool ideas. So... The counselor, uh, Maruki, this is what I was complaining about earlier, because you have to max out Kasumi, Maruki, the counselor, and Akechi. You have to max out their confidant uh, levels. And if you don't, you just straight up miss the royal content. And I was like, Akechi sucks. I don't want to hang out with him. So uh, I was very glad I checked a guide. In royal... The counselor is like a, a very helpful dude, and he's seeking to understand like this cognitive science, as they call it in the game, the metaverse stuff. He's trying yeah. to understand it. And uh, in Royal, uh, you wake up um, after like a break, and things are weird. Like um, in the game, like uh, things are weird. So, like for example, Morgana is not a cat. He's a cute animo- anime boy. Um, Haru's father is not <laughs> dead. So Haru's father is back. And so like you're going through this and you're like, what is happening here? Like all of these things that happen through the game, some of them are reversed or like, like I said, Morgana's not a cat anymore. And what's happened is like the counselor 
has fully understood his uh this like cognitive science thing and he has a persona that allows him to like create this illusion world and Damn. that is so wild this illusion world is it's a cool idea because it's it's basically like whatever is going to make you happiest in life that is what this illusion will show you and so uh kasumi who was um uh She's just around calling you senpai in the main game. Uh, you find out that she that. she isn't actually Kasumi. Uh, Kasumi died, and it's actually her sister named Sumire who has assumed her identity. Uh, and the illusion is just making her think that she's Kasumi, basically, because she always like looked up to her sister. Um, okay. So you have to go through this storyline of like. This reality, this illusion is better than reality for everybody. So, like uh, Haru's father is alive. You know, Morgana is a anime boy. Like all of us want to be a cute anime boy. Uh, that's what we yeah, all desire true. at the deepest reaches of our hearts. <laughs> it's very or, funny or that or like, was like in a perfect world, Morgana's a cute little anime boy. That's <laughs> what. I, I get it. It's like Pinocchio. Oh, actually, hold on. Did you guys? Does that mean you guys? Real quick, did you guys pick Morgana as a boy or girl? Uh, I, Morgana, they, I think they, Morgana's they a boy. Like, but I thought Morgana was a girl for like the first half. I believe. No, he game. he's for sure he's for sure a boy. Um, the kid yes, let me give they, him the choice, doesn't it? it yeah. Or no? No, he's a boy. Yeah. Just canonically, no, you you have the choice. Like, wait, you have a choice in the Make game. Make a girl or boy, right? Somebody asks, so they ask you uh, yeah. whether it's a girl or a boy, and if you say a girl, Morgana gets mad at you. And oh, really? So okay. yeah, Morgana's Morgana's a boy, and throughout the whole game, uh, Morgana had been like saying to you, like, "I swear, I'm a human. I'm just trapped in this like cat form. Help me get to the bottom of Mementos, and, and it will help me." Yeah, but it never happens. He's actually just a cat. But in this illusion, he is a human because that's what he wants. He is this. Uh, he is this. You know, anime boy, and so like basically, this is like the. You got to look up a picture because it is, it is, uh, yeah. So, um, this is like the thing that you're grappling with in this, um, Royal storyline is like the characters are having this conflict because everybody is happy with the new changes that are happening. You know, it's basically whatever you wanted is true in this Royal, you know, illusion. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's, it, putting up this question of like is flawed reality better than a perfect illusion and you know i don't think the game does like a i think a more mature game would have done something much deeper with this idea but i do think that they do a pretty good job of like showing you this alternate reality where everybody's happy and then obviously the group decides like you know we have to destroy the illusion real life and like the human experience is not all just positive emotions all the time. You know, you, that those hardships throughout life are, you know, what makes it real and stuff like that. Character. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's what, that's what Royal's about. I, I gotta tell you, I, I, I'm glad I muted myself cause I looked up the picture of Borgata. <laughs> <laughs> it is like, he's cute. When, isn't I, when he? you said little anime boy, I was like, Oh, little anime boy, but that, that is looks seventeen years old. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I was just 
I was just imagining seeing like a Harvest Moon character. I saw that, but no, you're in in you know, like I said, never played Royale or whatever. But that's just a, again another one of those like subjects that it hits on that you don't get throughout the rest of the game that really would probably add to inexperience playing Royale uh, before anything else. Like, yeah, yeah, this is perfect. But like the one thing that the Phantom Thieves are, have always been really good at is recognizing the imperfections and being able to be like, no, no, no. What's actually better for us is doing something we don't want to do. And, you know, for the betterment of uh, what's going to happen after this. So that that's super cool. That sounds trippy as fuck for real. That sounds it, like, it is like, like the, the moment where like, cause Kasumi becomes a party member. She's really good in, in combat and stuff like that. And, uh, and stuff like that in the moment when they were like, actually, um, you know, this is not Kasumi at all. Kasumi was her sister who died in a car accident. And this is actually her sister, Sumire, who's assumed the identity, which I'm sure I've seen stuff like that in stories before, but it was cool in it's here. Out of place. Yeah. You know what it, I mean? It, I, I didn't expect it. That's for sure. Yeah. Definitely better than uh, at least taps a little further than that other, most other subjects they ran into. So anyway, that's the uh, royal content. I think the um, the royal stuff kind of like fulfilled some of the promise of the main game and like the the subjects that they can tackle with this metaverse idea. You know, in the main game, they talked about, you know, the most interesting one to me was when Futaba wanted you to uh, like basically change her own heart uh, so she could forget this traumatic experience. All the other, you know, like evil adults ranged from like oh interesting hook with the sexual assault you know taboo topic to like we're gonna take down this evil banker which i think is boring at this point in time but the royal stuff was a a creative idea they built up to it and you know this is our 100 to 120 or something like that and i loved it i was like i think i played the entire royal thing in like three days because i just like couldn't stop damn and I will say, like, my most anticipated game since I finished that game is Persona 6. Like, I know there's, uh, like... Oh, no my God. You know what's coming. It, but, but there like, there the was, actually. Are... Okay, cool. I, I believe you. I'm just saying, like, I haven't seen anything about Persona 6. I'm sure there's something in the works. But that is, like, the one game, aside from maybe the Final Fantasy VII Part Two remake, that I'm like, holy shit, I can't wait for that to exist. Next gen. There's a rumor that Persona 6 is going to be on uh, PS5 exclusively, so like we can all look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, we need and, something. Um, there's a rumor that Persona 4 is going to be going to Switch sometime this year, which I already own it on Steam, but I'll definitely buy it again if I can play it on Switch because I just I love playing anything on Switch that I can. So like definitely that game has gotten a lot of really good... Um, that game has a lot of people that really love it too. So I will for sure be playing that. Have you, you have only played persona five of the entire yeah. Shin Megami Tensu series or whatever. Okay, cool. Cause like, I, I, I knew he's played the whole series and he said, I mean, obviously every, like, at least from what I've garnered is that like people who have played the series is like persona five is like the best series, but you should go back and play Shin Megami Tensu three, persona four and all these things. And it's almost impossible to find a format with them if you don't have a PC. So it's like, I have no way of playing any of the other games, you know. You can play Shin Megami Tensei 3 and 5 are on Switch, and I, I own 3 uh, on Switch. I just haven't played it yet. And uh, like I said, 
Persona 4 is rumored to be going to Switch sometime soon, so you'll be able to play it uh, there. And I also own uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4 on my 3DS, but I have, I'm, sometimes I'm a fucking weirdo where I'm like, I have, you know, I could just play the newest one because it's probably the most modern and easy to play, but I have three and four and I have to start with the earliest one that I own sometimes. And this is one of those cases. So, but yeah, Persona 6 will be a like day one buy. Actually, because I'm glad I waited for, I'm glad I waited for Persona 5 Royal. So like they're going to do Persona 6, you know, like, whatever like sunshine or something like that so (laughs) i might i might just wait you know two or three years for that version because i can't imagine playing persona 5 like you guys and then persona 5 royal comes out and you're like i'm not going to play that whole game again you know so like kind of the same thing well i wonder is it possible if you play the first one and then you pick up like the royal can you play from like an old save file like if you've already beaten it and just add on the additional content no i don't think so you gotta start from the beginning like like i said when you have a game of that magnitude that's that hard to 100 percent like it is they're they're, they want you to play the game yeah Yeah. because royal's not royal's not just dlc it's like ingrained all these like quality of life things throughout the game too so it's it's definitely not just like you know installing a story dlc mission or something like that yeah i won't lie if i didn't look up a guide or something like that and i had a you know it had been long enough two or three years the royal version comes out i might go back and play it again because again i mean i play final fantasy 7 like uh, now it's gotten a little longer like every five years especially with the but i was playing it like once every like year for like 10 years you know what i'm saying like i would just play it so often so if not to imagine if they actually release some dlc or something like that to to add to it but yeah, I don't know. That's fair. Well, either way, I'm going to be looking really forward to that night, number six. I, sure. My roommate got me Persona 5 Royale for Christmas, and uh, I was like 25 hours into the regular Persona 5 when he gave that to me, and I was like, ah, I'm 25 hours in. That's way too long. I'm not going to go. <laughs> if I would have known this game was like a 100-plus hour game, I would have just been like, fuck it, I'll start over. You yeah, yeah, have. for sure. Yeah, for sure. But I definitely like – I'm – I'm not the kind of person who replays games uh, a lot of times. So like, you know, I don't, I might not play Persona 6 right when it comes out. Cause I know they're going to do a, a Royal version For in sure. a couple years. And that's probably going to be the definitive way to play. So I may have to just wait, sit that out for a little bit, but yeah, anyway, guys, yeah. But anyway, guys, Let's, uh, let's wrap this up. We are two and a half hours on. It's, it's actually not that long for a Tales from the Backlog episode, which is weird because this is by far the longest game. But, you know, if we're not talking about story and stuff like that, uh, too, too much like details of story, um, then that's cool. But time to wrap this one up. So, uh, Aaron, Ryan, thanks for coming on the show again. It's been too long. Oh, yeah. My absolute fucking pleasure as always. My niggas. and uh once again for everybody listening thank you for listening this far and uh, yeah like i said before the spoiler break ratings and reviews are helpful telling people about it giving a uh, subscription following on the social media pages down in the episode description talk to me about persona 5 if you want to i'd be happy to chat about it so 
listen to that Persona 5 soundtrack. Oh, listen yeah. to the soundtrack. Get, get on that soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, if you listen this far in the podcast, you you probably already know how great the soundtrack is, but get back on the soundtrack. So I will catch everybody next time when we see the next game that comes out of the backlog. Bye. Bye. Bye.